The Incomparable. Number 300. May 2016. everybody to the incomparable very special episode it's number 300 uh we got a lot uh, going on we're going to do sort of a couple different panels we're gonna have some silly stuff at the end because it's us but the for this is the dead serious panel as you can tell because i've got very serious people here to talk about a, a subject that glenn fleischman suggested so let me introduce my first panel here i'm going to do it in order of their uh, appearances on the incomparable dan morin still our leader hello dan Hi, Jason. I'm amazed that we've survived 300 episodes, and I, I look forward to another 300. Well, thanks for being the only panelist who's been on more than half of the episodes. Wow. Well, Whoa. you're welcome. <laughs> That's right. Yes. Checks, yeah. che- checks in the mail. Uh, <laughs> John Syracuse with 112 episode appearances, uh, not including this one. Hello. Are you sure that Dan isn't getting credit for some of my appearances? <laughs> yeah, be, work on that vocal recognition software a little more. It needs to fine tune this. Who can tell? Well, you don't you don't read so much, so maybe that, I do. That, That's what I'm oh. saying. You, you keep uh, telling me I don't read, but maybe I'm just on episodes. You think it's Dan the whole time? I've been paying John to be me. Sorry. Okay, <laughs> that works. Gig. That makes sense. Story checks out. Uh, David Lore is our fifth most common uh, panelist because he says yes to every invitation. <laughs> Hi, David. I consume a lot of pop culture, and I blame yeah. you. Mm. <laughs> okay, fair enough. We'll get into that. We'll get into that in, in a little bit. Uh, Lisa Schmeiser, our eighth most common panelist, and uh, with us since episode two. Hi, Lisa. Hi there. I'm thrilled to be here. I'm always thrilled to be here. Most of and you were present at the start, and you definitely were. Yeah. Um, it's great to have you here. Comic Book Club, that was our second episode. Yeah, that's right. Ooh, with Jason of course. Bright. Yeah, with Jason, Jason Brightman. Brightman. Yes. What did you discuss on that one? All Batman comics? All Vertigo comics, actually. <laughs> All Vertigo, yeah. No, it was, it, was really, it was really about the, un, the unwritten. Was it the unwritten? So, yeah. yeah. Yeah, we actually did have a topic for the Comic Book Club. Unlike our early days where we covered many different subjects in short yes. times. Oh, God, now we were we so do ambitious. That. We do the opposite now. <laughs> I, I, were we ambitious or did we just think it was, you know, we were only going to go for like 30 episodes and it didn't matter? Exactly. I think we thought it had to be like a, like a radio program where every segment is five to six minutes long and you have to switch or else you can't keep people's attention. Yeah. But we've Pro- found out differently. If they've listened this far, yeah. Sucker. So I mean, <laughs> love her. She, she, it seems like she was late to the party, but the fact is that now she, I think she's been around for about half the episodes and and has been on more than fifty of them. It's Erica Ensign. Hi. Yeah, n- not quite half. One sixty was my very first. Uh, I remember see? it fondly. Yeah. So close. One thirty three was mine. Pretty pretty That's soon. Pretty soon. And I, I can't forget him. He suggested this episode, and yet, and so by the second definition of Glenning, he shouldn't be on it. But he is. It's Glenn Fleischman, number seven on our list, with more than 70 appearances. Hi, Glenn. Wow. Uh, hi. Now, what I want to know is how many episodes I'm not on. Am I insulted or my name taken in vain? That needs to be in the CMS, too. 298. All of them. <laughs> I'm often surprised. That's where the transcription bots will come in handy because we'll, ah, we'll, we'll okay. train mm-hmm. them to look for your name and, tra- and train them to listen for the, the syllables glenning and see what comes Excellent. up. Excellent. Yeah. We'll have to call it something else. 
Glenn, you suggested this, and I think it's good that, that to be a little introspective uh, for a 300th episode, the idea that perhaps our uh, methods of changing uh, or of uh, consuming media have changed in the last 300 weeks, uh, more or less, that we've been doing this this show. So I thought that would be a good way, uh, a, good, a good way to start. Uh, so Dan, I'm going to start with you, if you can think back to 2010, um, and, and, and tell me, how, how has your media consumption changed, and specifically has the podcast influenced what you've, um, you know, how you watch movies and read books and things like that, or, 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 or not? Let me, let me know. What do you think, Dan? Uh, I think it has changed for me a bit. Uh, the The most notable thing I was thinking before I came on tonight was um, that I got back into reading po- uh, comic books, largely, I think, because of The Incomparable. Uh, I've had a Marvel Unlimited subscription for, I don't know, well over a year now, a year and a half or so. And I've consumed a lot. I mean, certainly more comic books that in the last year and a half than I read since I was probably in high school and actively buying comic books, like single issue comic books. Uh, and I think a lot of that is because you know certainly the influence of people like Tony Sindelar, who's you know my good friend and rec- recommends a lot of comic books, but also because of the stuff that we talk about on the show, um, and yeah, honestly the stuff that we talk about sort of as our own little community and in our Slack and stuff like that. I feel like I've gotten much more exposed. Or, um, to that, which is great. Uh, it, I've really enjoyed getting back into that. Um, the the other things I would think that have mainly been sort of affected by this are um, I do find that there are some things I read mu- or watch much more closely because I know we're going to talk about it. So I've always been a terrible note taker um, in college. I took very like you can look at my notebooks for college and usually it's like oh the first two classes he took a like tried to write down a lot of crap and then it just sort of peters out after that. <laughs> um and i was never very good at it because i was usually pretty good at retaining what i read um but i felt like you know i certainly as i've gotten older and as we've talked about stuff more and more in depth i feel like i need to write down those you know insights or stuff that i feel like i come across when when watching uh or reading something so i actually you know especially when we do some something like an old movie club um, or when I'm doing uh, even the weekly TV shows that I do uh, on Arrow, for example, I find myself taking notes during episodes about things to bring up. And that's not something, I mean, that sounds a lot more like work than fun to me. So I'm surprised that I actually do it. Um, And then I guess the one other thing that's kind of sad that has come out of recording and being on over half the episodes of this show is that I really don't listen to podcasts anymore. Take your headphones off right now. Guilty about this, um, but I spend way too much time recording and editing podcasts, and so I, as someone who works from home and does not have a commute and has a job that involves either editing podcasts or writing, it's really hard to find time to listen to podcasts. Mm-hmm. So I've only recently gotten into um, Hello from the Magic Tavern, and that's got to be the first podcast Woo-hoo. that I have listened to multiple episodes of for a super long time like that i'm a regular listener of like there's a lot of other shows i dabble in or i listen to parts of um but i really can't keep up especially you know i used to be a big fan of a lot of tech podcasts and uh, as those have also gotten super long i used to listen to like mac break weekly every week and i'm like i no longer have like three hours three hours (laughs) yeah to listen to a podcast sorry i'm kind of busy and i think probably quantities too right like you know i certainly have always been a big tv fan but I try to watch a lot more to keep up to date with it. The one part that I'm kind of sad about and I'm trying to do better about now is is read more books because I always used to read a lot. 
Uh, I think now that we have so much media available to us and we spend a lot of time in talking about and discussing things like movies and TV shows, I, I find it's very easy to sort of sit down and watch a, a TV show for 45 minutes or an hour. Um, and it's a lot harder for me to make sure that I'm spending time reading books as well. And so, as you can tell from my notable, as over the years, as my appearances on the Hugo podcast have slowly <laughs> slid off yeah. the rails, as every year it's like, man, there's a huge stack of books I want to read on my on my night ta- table, and the Hugo ones are often kind of middle towards the bottom of them. And I just like decided at a certain point, well, I'm going to read the books I want to read, not the books I feel like I have to read. Mm-hmm. And if I get around to those those Hugo books at a later date, that's great. But I'm not going to uh, uh, just, you know, sit down and force myself to read those uh, just for that reason. So I, it's it's been a lot up and down, but I think positive for the most part in terms of feeling like I feel like I love discussing all this stuff. And that's why I've been on so many episodes of the podcast. And so it's great to feel like um, I'm more engaged with the stuff that I am consuming rather than just having so much of it be like, oh, I'm just watching this just to watch it. And then I'll you know forget about it five minutes after I've watched it. So I think all of you have really helped me increase my appreciation of pop culture or in some cases, much more fun increasing your uh, snarkiness and <laughs> disassembly <laughs> powers of things like, uh, yeah, I don't know. Pretty much any episode I get to be on with Lisa is always fun because I like hearing I like hearing everything sort of dissected. And I always think to myself, well, that's a really great point. I hadn't thought about how terrible that is. <laughs> <laughs> Dan, you and I are definitely going to have to team up and do something with um, the Flashcast and the Arrowcast this summer because we, we need a summer vacation project. We do need a summer vacation project. I'm all over that. So. Yay! There you go, Jason. I hope that is. Uh, I hope that's satisfactory. So basically, more podcasts than in this in the summer for your vacation. It is a little bit like I, I was trying to come up with a, an example of it. It's like, well, once you're once you're inside the box, uh, you don't feel a need to take tours of other boxes, right? It's just like you're in. It's like yeah. you're, you're you're making you're making the podcast. You're in the podcast. You don't need to listen to them. You're in them. Yeah, don't don't take tours of boxes, Jason. That's my first tip to you because no. it's really it's really boring. Yeah. There, once you're inside the box, especially, you've been in a box. You don't need to go see other boxes, I think. Yeah, maybe I agree that's, with you. Maybe I'm a box monogamist. I don't know. Yeah. <laughs> anyway, um, that, was, that, that, was, that was really great. Um, Dan, you mentioned Lisa, so why don't we, why don't we, why don't we move to Lisa? Lisa, uh, you know, when, one of the things, when this podcast was being uh, thrown around, I mean, the, the original impetus for the podcast was... Uh, a Twitter thread about sci- science fiction novels that a, a bunch of people were were talking about, um, and Dan was in on that thread, and Glenn and Scott McNulty, um, and uh, McNulty. And, and John, were you there too? Do you read books? Yes, I keep getting written out of that thread every time you retell it. So here I am to <laughs> yeah. reinsert myself. I think I Check think you, and then I think no. no, John doesn't read anything. Check the records. John probably no. doesn't read. Let's, right. Wasn't he so, writing let's... a three-volume series on Mac OS X? So, so that was happening. That was happening on Twitter, and then in parallel mm-hmm. to that, Lisa and I were talking about doing a comic book club with Jason Brightman, who we work mm-hmm. with, who uh, had used to used to work for a comic book publisher and had published his own comic and all that. And and we had talked about doing that as a podcast. And those were the two threads that led to the creation of the Incomparable. And so our first episode was the book episode, and the second episode was the comic book club episode, and 
those two we recorded before we had a name. Those mm-hmm. were the trials. And so, so this is a long way of saying, you know, Lisa, you really were there present at the beginning mm-hmm. because that was one of the ideas was, can we get together on a regular basis and talk about, uh, you know, a particular comic that we've read and do it book club style? And that was absolutely one of the, one of the things. So I want, I wanted before I ask you what, how it's changed for you over the last five or six years, I want to thank you because you've also exposed me to a whole lot of great stuff, especially comics that I wouldn't, I, I had not really gotten that much back into comics back in 2010. And so you've been able with your knowledge of that area to guide me. So I, I so thank you for that. Oh my gosh, I'm about to cry. Oh. Well, instead of, instead of crying, yes. why don't you tell us how your uh, consumption of media has changed? It's the Glenn topic uh, the in, the last, in the yeah. last five and a half years, last 300 weeks. Yeah. Well, this is, um, and this is perhaps a position that I don't think a lot of the other panelists will find themselves in. Um, this podcast debuted approximately two months before I became a parent. <laughs> so when I recorded the <laughs> mm-hmm. first few comic book clubs, I was like super pregnant. And, you know, like we had this big boom mic we had to pull towards me because I couldn't pull yes, up to the a table. little A little hot room with no air and a giant <laughs> microphone and a large pregnant lady. Yes. <laughs> it was uh, good times. Good times. <laughs> but um, so... That what I've been th- trying to trying to think over super quickly is how much my media consumption changed as a result of being on the incomparable and and wanting to remain a part of it, and how much my media consumption changed by virtue of um, having to treat my free time much differently. Um, and I think the answer to that is I've actually gotten very very picky about what I consume. Um, and that's probably a function of both. But one of the reasons is, uh, since I now have access to so many people on The Incomparable who know so much about so many different types of media, all I basically have to do is kind of run it through their filter. And, well, what do they think of this? And I, I know how they tend to approach this topic and what they do and don't like. So, oh, this is what they said. So I'll probably like this too. Or, oh, this is what they said. No, I'm not going to like it. What's been nice about The Incomparable is it's given me such a great excuse to just buy more comics. <laughs> because um i had actually begun tapering off a bit we our garage got too full and i got rid of all of my long boxes and i was like okay i'm just gonna stick to three or four shelves of trade papers and back and that's it and then what the the challenge of the comic book club was to try to find a book bundle that we could pass on to readers and to try to tie the particular the, the specific works into like the bigger comic book picture and that's been like such a great excuse to go wandering down you know wandering down all these different like writerly alleyways or or or, or artist alleyways that I never would have had a chance to otherwise, or to just get big bundles of, of books I would have never thought to put together. I do listen to podcasts, but the problem is, is now it's one of two things where I'm like, ooh, that's terribly edited. <laughs> or, or, uh, yeah. or I find mm-hmm. myself getting annoyed at the way the host may be bigfooting over their guests. Or I um, am grossly jealous because I'm like, oh, my God, these people do this full time. They have all this time. It sounds so great. Oh, I hate you. <laughs> <laughs> so there's like five or six podcasts I kind of rotate through. And I have to console myself sometimes that, you know, when you're NPR, you're going to have resources available to you that, you know, other people are not going to. And it's going to sound different accordingly. Um, but I think the biggest way is I've gotten back into movies in a big way. Because, you know, there's only so much, so much time during the day. There's only so much reading you can do. And I had not been, I, I had sort of fallen out of the habit of watching movies because they're kind of a time commitment when you think about it. You know, you have to sink in mm-hmm. and it's, it's, it's a hundred, it's like, you know, anywhere from, from 
90 minutes to 180 minutes, depending on the movie and how long it is. <laughs> like, there was a night where Phil and I watched Das Boot, and I swear to God, it went on for like a week. Um, <laughs> well, the director's cut of Das Boot does last a week. Yes. You're, so. you're still watching it now, Lisa. Sorry. Yeah, out of the corner of my eye, Credits Jürgen Prock now is running around. Um, <laughs> but, uh, you know, thanks to, again, the podcast that we've had here, it's been it's been great to, to say, okay, yeah, I'm going to make the space for that and watch them and then, you know, try to loop it back in the conversation. Um, the one thing that I would like to change that I have not been able to is my ability to sit down and read a novel from, from cover to cover, or just sit down and sing into a book. That's, I've had a lot of difficulty with that in the past few years. <laughs> and, um, I wish I could read more or rather, I wish I could read more stuff because right now I'm just doing a whole lot of rereading. And, um, I, I wonder if in some sense the incomparables kind of push me towards that because I got to admit when it, comes around to award season and you're like, Oh, I have this enormous archive of material we can pass around so we can discuss this. I'm like, Oh God, I just don't have time. (laughs) (laughs) It's too daunting. I can't chew through it. And so then I'll like go and run and reread pattern recognition for the third time or whatever, (laughs) because I know what I'm getting there. So, um, it's kind of darkly ironic that I'm reading less science fiction since I do like it and I do like fantasy, but I, I think in some ways maybe the the, um, the book club emphasis and especially uh, award season type stuff when there's just all this stuff to hack through, it gets daunting. Like I literally have no idea yeah. where I'd start eating the elephant. So congratulations on making me read less incomparable. <laughs> yeah, you're welcome. <laughs> you're welcome. We, yeah, we, yeah. We, we live to serve is what I'm saying. <laughs> Speaking of reading less, John Syracuse, I have accused you of not reading things. You can read. You're not an illiterate person, but you you've said that you know you're you're very limited in the in the the novels that you read. You definitely were on our Patrick Rothfuss episodes about the name of the wind and the wise man's fear and and some others too. And the stand. Um, and the stand. Yes. Well, Stephen King, absolutely. So, but I'm curious, just broadly, John, what you know, what 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 has changed, uh, and and what are your thoughts about how you consume media over the last 300 weeks, last five and a half years? I hadn't realized that the uh, the second level angle of the show would be how the incomparable has ruined our lives. So, should I, I feel like I should <laughs> dig up something to say how how being on the show has hurt me in some way? Can't you should have expected that. Come to the second level. Glenn is already there. The, the show killed my father. So you can no longer write OS ten reviews. It's destroyed. John your was actually to do that. not very critical before this show. <laughs> That's started. right. And then the show came. <laughs> Look what happened. No, um, actually, my, my the first thing that came to mind, believe it or not, Jason, was that mm-hmm. uh, in the past several years that I've been doing this podcast. I look back, most of the books that I've read have been books I've read for the show. <laughs> so I think it is making me read more, a little bit more, maybe not a lot more, but a little bit more than I used to. Uh, in particular, it has made me do a lot more sort of what I would call panic reading, where you, you've <laughs> left the book until the, you look at the calendar and there are two days left before the show and like it's a Patrick Rothfuss book and you've got 475 pages left and then you just mm-hmm. read like the wind. Um <laughs> Yeah, Name so yeah, exactly. Um uh oh, and rereading, which is not really a thing that I mean, I have read the stand several times on my own before podcasts existed, but you know, to go back through it again for a podcast. So that's something I wouldn't have done. Uh the second thing is as other people have mentioned, uh, comics, although I'm coming from a different place. I was I never read comics. I don't I don't like comics i still don't really like comics that you know i just i didn't have a phase when i was into them and then i fell out of them i was just out of them completely and hearing a bunch of 
seemingly intelligent adults talk about <laughs> comics passionately and have very interesting things to say about them and uh talking about comics that i didn't know existed at all you know because comics if you if you're not into comics you think of comics you think of superheroes and stuff but there's obviously so much more to it and i didn't know that until i listened to these episodes um made me try a couple of comics and read a couple of comic series uh some of which i actually finished and that would never have happened without the show um unfortunately it, it, talking about how the incomparable has ruined my life uh the the one series that i like the best i listened to the entire incomparable episode about it before reading the series and so i kind of knew everything that happened in it which was kind of a bummer so i kind of pre-spoiled myself but um but that's definitely something i would not have done if not for the incomparable um and then the final thing getting more towards the vein of how the incomparable has hurt me is uh listen, <laughs> listening to the incomparable episodes i find now often substitutes for consuming the media. So if I see there's an incomparable episode about a movie that I was on the fence about seeing, I now have to choose, should I listen to the episode or should I watch the movie and then listen to the episode? And very often I say, well, I probably don't have time to do both. So why don't I just listen to the episode <laughs> instead of watching the movie or, or reading the book or whatever it may be? Because that's almost as good, right? Like they'll, they'll tell me what happened in it and then I'll hear analysis of it and then I'll feel like I have experienced it even though I haven't actually experienced it. Um, I, maybe that's actually a net win because it saves time. But mm. uh, but the other things people have said are like watching media more critically and uh, paying more attention, that, that didn't change because I always did that. Which is why I love this <laughs> podcast. <laughs> right. That's right. That's right. You were already there. You were you were taking notes for a podcast that didn't exist. I was taking notes before before anyone wanted to hear what the hell those notes were, <laughs> including my wife. Although she she got them whether she wanted them or not. Yeah, I'm sure she's she's like uh, she's like uh, I don't know folding laundry, and you're like I got a brief opening statement. About <laughs> I, I have been known in in the age of TiVo. I have been known to pause the show to to to, uh, yeah. to explain a particular thing that has just appeared on screen usually angrily. Mm-hmm. Oh, who hasn't done that though? Phil and yeah. I do it all the time. That's the yeah, magic. Yeah, of my girl yeah. my girlfriend does that, does that a lot especially when it's like they're ruining this female character. <laughs> mm-hmm. My my wife has has a has a particular look. We've been married for more than 20 years and there is one expression on her face that only I ever see when I pause the TiVo in the middle of the show to make a comment about it. And it's yeah. like, "All right, I just got to get I we just let's get through this." <laughs> what my favorite film moments is when we went to go see Gosford Park, we actually got fancy, went to go see it in a theater, um, which is not in keeping with our usual style of seeing movies. But as we're watching it, and this is at the Parkway in Oakland, um, there's one point where someone says something and Phil's arm shot out and he made like the TiVo button pressing gesture because <laughs> he desperately wanted to stop the movie right then and, and, and sass back to it. <laughs> Oh and I will never forget do like the, 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 the expressions that raced across his face when he realized, because first there's the fury, wait, what? I can't do this. And then, oh, oh, that's right. I can't do that. <laughs> just consider that a bookmark for later. Like, like I will I will comment on what just happened later. Oh, yeah. <laughs> bookmark number one. Footnote right here about this. Uh, yeah, it's... um. Uh, it's uh, a lot of a lot of similarity there. It's good. I'm gl- John. I'm glad we've given you an outlet. Uh, and can I take can I take credit? Was this the first podcast you were ever on? I don't remember. Regularly? I don't I don't know how the chronology works Let's out. Let's say and, yes. Uh, <laughs> yeah. Go with you, yes. You can try Let's timing. Feel free. I, I think I think I may have been on some five by five thing, not hypercritical. As like a guest, yeah, yeah. Before that, but critical status. I'm gonna take yeah. I'm gonna take full credit then. So there. Uh, we're responsible for John Syracuse being a podcast. But you can take blame for not having me on until episode three so that that can't that's out. true <laughs> those are the early days well if you had read the 10 books that we talked about in episode one you uh, could have been episode on three that was the first tv show yeah that's right 
Yeah, that's right. Glenn pointed out a typo in the show notes just earlier today. <laughs> just 297 <laughs> weeks later, we got it. We got a fix, folks. It's not there. You Don't look, because it's not there. Better late than never. Freelance yeah, editor. exactly. So speaking of late, uh, one of one of our uh, uh, people who joined us midstream, as I said at the beginning, Erica, mm-hmm. uh, I I knew about you through uh, listening to the Verity podcast and uh, through listening to the Two Minute Time Lord and talking to Chip and and Chip, who's been on the show a bunch too, ha, you know, w- was sort of my gateway into like all the Doctor Who podcasts. And I listened to Verity and I thought Erica sounds like somebody who might be a good fit for us. And you know what? I, I'm I'm really glad that worked out. <laughs> uh, and it did work out, but I had a moment of like, well, I'm just going to take a flyer. I'm going to sound like a crazy person on the internet being like, would you like to be on my podcast? But you were on the Matrix episode, which you saw in the theater like eight times or something. So Nine. Nine times. Nine. Who's Nine That's right. times. And I only mispronounced your, uh, your last name one time, and I edited that out. So. <laughs> yes, you did. You were not alone in that. Many, many people have done that. Yeah. yeah. And you didn't seem like a total crazy, crazy person because I had seen you on a podcasting panel at the Gallifrey One Doctor Who convention. Right. Ah. Yeah. So you were in that audience. I didn't even see see so so you saw me and I didn't I didn't even know that, that. <laughs> and I didn't yeah, well, see I mean, you. Creepy. And I didn't see you. So who's the stalker now, Erica? <laughs> of course, I had no idea who you were, so I'm not sure who sure stalking. <laughs> but 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 at least I had sort of some reference. You were you were you were a guy Chip knew was basically so, how it Exactly. Works. Sure. It's all about Chip. Yeah, who's it, not here? It, it all uh, comes back to Chip. So so two plus years of of being on this podcast. Uh, you know how, how and and of course you were on uh, you were on Verity uh, before that. So being on podcasts, um, how has that changed your your relationship with uh, with the media you consume? You know, it, a lot like what people have said already, it, it has changed both the things that I consume and the way that I consume them. And and some of it does get laid at Verity's feet, but I think I think some of it, a lot of it gets laid at The Incomparable's feet because Verity is just Doctor Who and The Incomparable goes into a lot of different directions that are not Doctor Who. So I, I remember being on that first episode that I was on uh, about The Matrix and being super nervous because I had only ever talked about Doctor Who on a podcast before. So when I watched The Matrix, I, I took lots and lots and lots and lots of notes. And I had I went to film school, so I did the film criticism thing, and I hated it with a fiery passion. That was the part of school <laughs> that I could not stand at all and because I wasn't good at it. I just, I just absolutely sucked at watching something and taking it apart, and my critical faculties were not at all developed and apparently over time they must have like marinated in my brain and and improved and gotten better and maybe Verity helped a little bit over time because as I was taking notes for that episode it was just it was all coming back to me I was like I'm noticing this and I noticed that and I I had a lot to say and was kind of surprised by that so the the more time went on and the more practice I got with it I think I think I have improved as a podcaster as far as as what I notice and what I'm able to to bring to the table a lot since that time so 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 I think the incomparable has made my life better not worse um and I'm still listening to other podcasts and but, well, I listen to a lot of Doctor Who podcasts. I'll put it that mm. way. There, and, and there are so many of them. So many. There um, are. Remember the when there was one? <laughs> there was. There was one at one point. Now there's like a thousand of them. Yeah, actually, the first one was German, so I would never have listened to it anyway because it's not <laughs> even in English. <laughs> yeah. Yep. Weird. But it but had true. chapter. It had, had chapter. Had markers, chapter though. markers. <laughs> oh. <laughs> <sighs> so, but but as far as the things that I consume. 
yeah, I, I almost all of my media consumption these days is just focused around what what needs to be done for one podcast or another. Uh, my my life has changed very much in that way, and I don't mind. That's that's fine because. That means I am guaranteed to have somebody to talk to about whatever I'm watching. Um, the rare shows that I watch that that other people don't, like I watch The Good Wife, and I don't really know anybody in real life uh, who who watches that. So it's it's a little bit sad because that's the only show I watch that I don't have somebody to to come Aww. around to you know to go back and forth with. So it's kind of a that's kind of a bummer. So I'm always excited when I get to do this, and it totally brought me back into reading books again. I had sort of given up on novels for a long time because I'd just been busy. And the the couple of book club episodes I started out being on, and then the award season reading, um, that was really fun. I was it was just it was nice to to dig back into books. I mean, I, I got so excited about it. Stephen actually bought me a Kindle Paperwhite. So had I not started reading for the incomparable, I might not have gotten that gadget. So hooray! Mm, Scott McNulty approves. He approves. <laughs> And then we needed a, another person on that panel because Dan didn't want to do the reading. So, you know, <laughs> you're, you're, and Erica and I are twinsies. So it worked out yep. perfectly. <laughs> I've, I'm just subbing in. It's, it's a smooth transition. Wait, why are you twinsies? I, I don't know this. Uh, I don't know this part of the thing. Why are you guys twinsies? Same birthday? No, no exactly we just, alike, we just agree on Doctor Who a lot and many, many other things. Yeah, oh, we, I see. So the way we're nemeses, you're yes, twinsies. Yes, exactly. I get it. Exactly. I understand now. Okay. Yeah, but by the transitive property, I guess you're also Dan's nemesis. Damn no, it. he's already got one, though. There's I know nothing. Scott's already. Scott's already. Scott one, is a so. primary nemesis. All right, well, there, yeah. Dan can, can cover Scott, and then I'll, I'll take the Glenn side. <laughs> we got it. Good, go. good. Thank Divide you. and conquer. Yeah, Glenn, Glenn is kind of like a freelance nemesis for whoever needs one at any given time. Kind of true. Yes, true. Yeah, mm-hmm. sure. And he knows all the other nemesis. All right, David. So, so the story with you is that you wrote uh, you you. So you've been lurking for a long time. Like I remember, you and I were both fans of the original TV Talk Machine podcast back in the day. Well, even more, I was I was a longtime reader and occasional commenter on TV.org. On so, TV.org, I mean, yeah. I go all the way back to like the first design of the site. Oh. The way way back, oh, yeah. the animated GIF of the uh, of the of the uh-huh. sparkling TV set and all of that, yeah. Which is which is for people who don't know, TV.org was essentially the predecessor of the incomparable. It was a, a blog before they even had the the name blog <laughs> that we started in about '95. It had a bunch of people on it who wrote for it, like Lisa and Phil Michaels mm-hmm. and Monty Ashley and Steve Lutz and Greg Noss. Um, and uh, yeah, so so uh, you were I recognized you from that and from the TV talk machine. You were always around, and I knew that you wrote plays and all of that and then all of a sudden we had this crazy idea about what if we did a um a radio drama episode as a change of pace and uh and so you wrote that and we did that as our as our radio drama episode and at, at which point you were around so you then began appearing on literally every episode that <laughs> happened after that well and, and it was weird uh when i first discovered the incomparable itself because i think i started listening around the third or fourth episode and then went back and listened to the first three. And it was sort of like, because it just sort of appeared on my radar. And then I realized, oh, wait, it's everybody who is at TV.org. Ah, of right. course I'll like it. So I started listening to it. And then had been listening to the TV talk machine, the, the old school TV talk machine for, I don't know how long it had been on by that point. I don't know. They kept going. They kept like skipping months. But uh, yeah. you and me both. Yeah. But every now and then. Like, you know, uh, Tim would talk about the theme. Oh, Jason, listener Jason helped me with the theme. Jason's just down yep. the street. Jason's, you know. I was never, a super fan. Never That's mentioned true. your last name. 
And then somewhere along the line, he mentioned your last name, and my brain went, oh, my God, it's the same Jason. <laughs> the singularity. It never, you know, it was like, oh, my God, he's on all the podcasts. Yes. Um, but, yeah, so, yeah, that, then it was sort of like, oh, well, we connected on Twitter, and we're doing this, and we're doing that, and talking about Tim, and uh, Tim is like the super connector. I don't know. Um, sure. But, yeah, you know, I mean, it, even before doing anything on the podcast, just as a listener – it started changing the way I consumed things because I started to intentionally watch something, you know, oh, this episode is about Raiders of the Lost Ark. I'll watch it again. You know, not like I hadn't watched it 40 times by that point, but I'll watch it so that it's fresh in my head to, to listen to the show. And, you know, or, or books, you know, I, I had kind of fallen out of reading science fiction books for a long time at that point. And I listened to, I don't know, one of the first Hugo episodes or something and went, ah, that sounds interesting. I might, I might actually like that because it got to a point where I would listen anyway, whether I had read or watched or played the game or whatever you guys were talking about, just because I really liked the conversation and I liked the, you know, it wasn't even just the, the bantering of it, just the, the critical analysis of things. So it was like, okay, I don't, I, I'm not going to watch this movie, but it's a really fascinating <laughs> conversation, right? Um, that's and, the that's the John Syracuse approach to some yeah. of these things. Is I don't need to really watch it if I can. I, I feel like I've understood. It's it It's like when enough. you're doing a recipe, you can substitute some ingredients for others. And if you don't have <laughs> if you don't have any flour, just take the incomparable episode about flour and put that in. <laughs> don't do that. Mm. That is not sound cooking advice. This is not a cooking podcast. Do not eat the incomparable. So. It's not food. <laughs> no. Um, and and so yeah, I mean, it, since joining, uh, it's really kind of focused my media consumption. Um, I mean, I'm kind of omnivorous. You, Jason, you have been in my house. You know it that it is full of books and DVDs. Yes, um, it's a fire hazard. Actually, uh, it you is. Should look it at really that. Is. <laughs> um, you don't want to look in the garage. Oh God. Um, but and that and that's just like the stuff that I have that isn't virtual. So you know, I'm interested in so many things. I want to read so many things. This has sort of forced me to focus on. You know, oh, we're reading this for three weeks from now. We're watching this for two weeks from now. Um, and it's nice. And it's it's also been nice to be able to talk about these things. Because, I, you know, I'm in the middle of Indiana. I don't have people here to talk about geeky things with. So it's been nice to have that outlet. Um, and especially things like the Old Movie Club. Uh, I think... With maybe one or two exceptions so far, they have all been movies I've seen multiple times. So it's been fun to sort of go back and revisit them and then talk about them and look at them with fresh eyes. Because, you know, I've never watched them critically before or, or this critically. Um, and then and then just the, the thought of reading and, and experiencing things that I wouldn't normally read, uh, like Station Eleven, not a book I would normally have read. Not a book I was crazy about, but I'm glad that I read it. Um, mm -hmm. And even something like um, uh, uh, Lock-In by John Scalzi, which is a book that I said I was not going to read because... Yeah, me too. Yeah. You know, uh, it's, I mean, it's very similar to what my mother had before she passed away. And then realizing that, A, it was probably okay to read it, and B, if I read it, I have a group of people that I can talk about that with, and I'm okay <laughs> with that. You know, and I might not have done that if I didn't have that group. Um, I love you guys. Oh, no. oh. Group hug, everybody. <laughs> no. 
And and then you know this doing... podcast is over. <laughs> <laughs> I was worried he was going to murder us when we went touch. in for the hug. Oh hush hush, that's coming. No 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 no. Um, but but then doing the radio theater stuff has been wonderful, just on the creative side, but also uh, revisiting all the things that are influences for it and paying more attention to those now too, and going okay, how did they do this? How can I do this too? You know. Um, so it's, it's, it's really enriched the way I consume a lot of media as for listening to other podcasts. Um, I listen, I still listen to 99% invisible and the memory palace all the time, but they're short, you know, uh, the memory sure. palace is usually less than 10 minutes long. Uh, 99 and 99% invisible is like 15 to 20 minutes at most. So they're very short song exploder, a lot of, a lot of radiotopia shows uh those and and then just shows on the bbc i have the iplayer app on my the iplayer radio app i'm sorry it's two different apps now on my phone and so i listen to a lot of bbc you know maybe one show a day there uh long ones i don't really listen to mm. much the flop house even the flop house now that it's it's sort of edging up to 90 minutes and 2 hours as, sometimes as we as <laughs> 90 minutes is the all podcasts want to be 90 minutes and it's you got to fight it yeah no yeah, i just no. i don't i don't have the you time fight or concentration it. Fight for it. it make them as long as somebody's average commute i say yeah right. let me let me, let me right. tell you about a podcast that uh, dan and i do that's 30 <laughs> anyway <laughs> robot or not actually is even better robot if you if you just want to work robot oh, yeah. or not is great for you i listen to that all the time too um but yeah you know it's weird like listening to the flop house i'll do that while i'm trying to go to sleep and and so i'll just i'll drift off at some point i have no idea where where i left off and then all of a sudden, one of their ads comes on in the middle of the show that just jolts me awake, and then I get angry, so I don't listen for a couple of weeks. Um, so yeah, I just I tend to listen to shorter ones. I'm not listening to fiction ones very much because I don't want to copy styles, which is that's always a dangerous thing for a writer boy. Um, that's why I read nonfiction when I'm writing because if I'm reading right. fiction, I will just copy that style. It's not it's not like I'm trying. It just that's what's in my head while I'm writing. It's like oh okay. Uh, uh, well, so I haven't come to Glenn yet, who what? suggested this topic. So I guess we'll. I guess I guess it's probably we're all out of time. And yeah. we're done. Sorry, we have Final to go. Thoughts. Jason, what about you? I, I'll, yes, I, I will answer this question after I ask it of, of Glenn. So Glenn, tell us. Uh, it's been three hundred. Uh, it's been three hundred weeks ish since we had that conversation on Twitter about uh, the city and the city, and uh, here we are. So how, how have things changed for you in the last five and a half years? It has been a long time since episode number one. It's true, mm. and yet we're still here. I haven't worn you down yet. I haven't ruined you entirely. <laughs> and we still have zeppelins yeah. because we we'll always have zeppelins. We always have zeppelins. Yeah. We'll always have zeppelins. Uh, well, what everybody said, I just said what everybody said. I think that's it. It's uh, uh, I I think uh, I feel like incomparable has helped me find my tribe. That's um, a phrase I've always liked. Where uh, I've been geeky for a long time, and I've never felt particularly self conscious about it. Even uh, I went to a really egghead uh, junior high and uh, high school, and um, you know, off to Eastern colleges and whatever. So it wasn't like I had a dearth of people who had read Hitchhiker's Guide or Sci Fi or watched the movies I did. Um, it was always kind of part of what I did, and. I probably read a lot more sci-fi and fantasy and, uh, uh, you know, was involved in the media of that, comic books, especially when I was, uh, 
in my single years and um, single digit years and teenager. But I feel like I had kind of a gap. I moved to Seattle uh, over 20 years ago and um, I've got a lot of friends here who are more, let's say, like general culture friends. So I didn't have people here. I bonded over it. Where I found my geeks was when I traveled and um, Macworld was one of the places. And, uh, you know, once there was two Macworlds a year or there'd be WWDC and I go to that. I went to uh, until like 2000, 2001, the dot com crash. Um, I would sometimes go to six or seven conferences a year or something like it. And I get to hook up with people who share those interests. And that's where I found my tribe was kind of on the road more than I realized. And so uh, when I when the dot com thing uh, collapsed, I was traveling less and um, still going to Macworld um, and then uh, had my first kid in 2004 and second in 2007. Um, I just uh, felt like there were fewer people I could share those experiences with. And uh, my wife is not a sci-fi fantasy person. She doesn't object to it, just never piqued her interest. And we have a lot of stuff that we like to watch or engage in in terms of media and com, read some of the same books and discuss them. Um, but I felt like I lost my tribe a bit. And uh, The Incomparable has helped me refine that group. And not just you, fellow panelists and friends, um, you know, a number of you who I knew in, in real life before and, uh, and all of whom I hope to meet in person and, and hang with in the future, uh, but also um, our dear listeners. Uh, there's so many people I've met who listen to the show or uh, know on Twitter and said, oh, you might like this show. And they became listeners. And that's this wonderful extended group, too, who we discuss things with. And that the Facebook group is now a really lovely extension of that as well. So uh, um, I can get into some specifics, but I feel like... Um, Exactly what I think several people have said this at this point, but, you know, John and Dan and, and Lisa, I think in particular is that like, I, I just feel like I have, um, people who, if I, uh, actually everyone has said this, I should say is, uh, I have people who, if I read something or I'm thinking about a piece of culture that I think is kind of geeky, I know I have people I can talk to about it. I know that the most obscure thing, uh, that I'm interested in. I know w multiple people in our Slack group or on our panels will know it. And I was thinking, we also have this great thing, which is we have time travelers in our midst. We're always joking <laughs> about how Serenity, you know, grew up the way she grew up. She's like 20 years older than she is in some ways. And I think that's true of a lot of us is we kind of have an age chronological age is match. David, of course, is 87. Uh, <laughs> yes. I'm probably in my 60s. And a lot of us lived, a lot of us had enough interest that it took us back. <laughs> it's true. Took us I'm, back. To, I'm probably in my 60s. I don't know. <laughs> yeah, well, it's like, what's your Depends cultural? on how much blood he's he's drunk today. <laughs> yeah, time, time is a linear construct and you earth people will get to it. What's, hmm. your, what's your cultural age? You know, I think what's been great too is not just reaching farther into the past and being able to, you know, uh, and I, I've talked about this on the afoot podcast we did a radio show episode with uh, monty ashley and and david uh and i did that and it was kind of hilarious because i was checking i was talking to my dad later and he's like oh i listen to all those shows too i'm like of course you did you were alive then i was alive <laughs> i listened to them later it's a neat trick a yeah. bunch of guys in their 40s talking about shows that aired you know 40 years before they were born um so, uh, you know, I think uh, I'd reiterate some other people's points just briefly, too, is I'd kind of gotten out of the habit of reading comics. And definitely, I think, Jason, I think you were a key influence in that. I would say um, the the incomparable episodes helped drive me towards specific things. But I think your interest in writing about um, reading comics on an iPad actually definitely steered me towards trying it out. And I read, I don't read a ton of comics. I go through uh, uh, binges and I'll sometimes get collections out of the library, like the giant Sandman uh, volumes, which I just, I, I literally don't have room in my house to put those four volumes. So I'll, I'll get them out of the library and read them. Uh, but I definitely, uh, I essentially abandoned reading comics. Doctor Who I was watching, but having a crew of people who also watched it definitely kept me on track 
with that. And um, I had always, you know, I've been reading books, uh, sci-fi and fantasy throughout my life, but I think having that focus, uh, you know, I think John was saying, it's just being able to drive towards, uh, I got to get this finished because we're doing a book club episode. Or um, like recently I read The Goblin Emperor uh, a year or so, some months after you guys talked about it on an episode, and that was inspired by the discussion of it. I'm like, oh, I need to go read this book. So hmm. I don't know. I think I have a, uh, this has helped me feel like uh, I'm not reading in isolation. I'm not watching in isolation. So if I have feels, which we all do. We have places. Uh-huh. I'm, I'm not talking to my wife as she's folding laundry anymore to her great pleasure. Uh, she knows I have a group <laughs> I can go to and take my opening statements to as well. Um, and I will say, I'm almost convinced by this group that I should be, I should rewatch Babylon 5 and, uh, and Deep Space Nine. Yes. At least with a, yes. with a guide. Yeah, Deep Space Nine. Nine. Glenn, I'll do a rewatch with you. I think it'd be fun to podcast about it. And you can listen. Well, you can listen to the audio guide to Babylon Five with uh, with Erica and Chip and Shannon, which well, is I'm, I'm actually rewatching it while listening to their podcast, and it's been a lot of fun. I watched some of that series, but um, well, anyway, the last thing I'd say is just uh, I I don't know. It's it's fun to explore stuff with friends, and it's fun to be in a group where not only do I consider I mean I know all you guys are friends, but it's also like it, it extends that friendship out. We I've always felt like the incomparable is an inclusive and a welcoming thing. We try to welcome people into what we're doing and um, because we want to share our excitement. And even if we don't like something, we want to share our distaste. But we're not trying to tell people you're not the geek that you should be. You don't know enough. Right. You don't have the information. This is a place where we want everybody to come in. And I, I feel like that's one of the great things about having been part of this. I have to say that generally speaking, I think the people I interact with on The Incomparable represent the best faces of fandom. The mm. the sense that it's inclusive and there's not a whole lot of flashing of cred in the sense that I'm on a first-name basis with these creators or these actors, and there's not a whole lot of the whole, well, I've been reading this since XYZ, and if you haven't, you're obviously not a fan. There's not a whole lot of flashing of bona fides, and I really love that about the the, the fanish culture that the incomparable in the aggregate has, has perpetuated. And I think that's one of the reasons I love sticking around too, is because if I want to dive into something that I've never, ever read or watched before, somebody will say, Oh my gosh. Yeah. Right here. Here's a pointer. Here's how you get started. When you get to this part, talk to me because I'd love to talk to you about it as opposed to you haven't seen that yet. Oh my God. (laughs) (laughs) You know, it's not like uh, we're sitting here trying to criticize everything or tear things apart uh, with the rare exception. Zardoz. Um, <laughs> Fair enough. Uh, no, I'm, I, dude, but, no, don't get me wrong. I love to criticize. I'm, I'm comfortable. Oh, I know. Sharing. I know. Oh, I am too. <laughs> but it's the personal interactions. Yeah, yeah. the mission here is mm-hmm. like enthusiasm, right? Yeah, yeah. We that's, love these things. I think we've been talking about that for a long time. That that's kind of our our SOP when it comes to these things. Is there's plenty of places out there to talk about things and break them down. And, and yes, we do that to a certain extent. Heck, we've got our own podcast about uh, talking up things that most people don't like. Um, but it's nice to, yeah, well, hey, that's great. I love that's it. That's called I the uh, Talking Up Things podcast, as I recall. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I think there's some British term for it, but I'm not sure. Yeah, um, yeah but I think I, that is one of the pleasant things of all that. And I think it's inter- it's great, too, to feel like, uh, you know, sometimes to feel like we have uh, an infinite number of possibilities of things to talk about as well. Uh, just in the in the process of, of talking about this, I was scrolling back uh, through our archives 
and noticed that episode, I think on episode four, we discussed, uh, you know, whether we should talk about a upcoming Dark Tower movie adaptation <laughs> five and a half years <laughs> later. We still haven't done a Dark Tower episode. Oh, well. Technically, it was upcoming. It still is technically upcoming, isn't it? Mm-hmm. It's, it's enthusiasm, but it's it's not uncritical either. It's not like, oh, this yeah. is great and it's Accurate. awesome and yeah, you need there to There are no loyalty tests. That's I think right. that's the thing yes. I like about it is right. there's, there's no loyalty test where you're not a true fan if you don't unquestioningly embrace this, you know, parentheses, problematic element, parentheses. Um, you know, people are allowed to engage with the the text, as they would say in school. And um, like you're allowed to say, I love this, but I don't love this about it. But I still love this. Right. <laughs> and it's okay. Um, yeah, I think, I, I mean, I've talked about that. I know Erica and I have talked about that. The idea that there's no such thing as you're doing it wrong when you're a fan. Like, you can be a fan of whatever, and, and there's no wrong way to be a fan of something. And also, and that includes being, you know, getting something out of it by looking at it with some with a critical eye that uh, you know that that's always been part of my consumption of media is that you get more out of it when you do that and i really love tearing tearing apart something not because i'm trying to destroy it but because i'm trying to understand it it, why what works what doesn't work and why i like it and why it resonates Mm -hmm. with me Mm -hmm. and 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 that's not for everybody but i think that we that's that's one of the the like dan said the sops of of uh of of this is that's 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 a fake military talk for standard operating procedures procedures, by the way, uh, of, of this podcast is is that exactly, which is we're coming at it from a position of enthusiasm, but we, we also want to kind of uh, kind of tear it apart and find out like what makes it tick and why why it is the way it is and why we like it or why we you know what why some of it bothers us and uh, but never in a you know never except for maybe rocket surgery in a mean spirited way <laughs> well, and, and and it's where so many of us also I think I, you know the fact that we came out of a group of people who are mainly interested in technology and a lot of people in that group there's a large crossover with taking things mm-hmm. apart and seeing how they work and trying to figure them <laughs> yeah, out right that's so true. I think mm-hmm. that that's that helps us in that way. I mean, I, I was thinking about it today, thinking about the question for tonight, and and it really, you know, I, it's kind of made me a better writer, too, because I'm paying more attention and, you know, trying to figure out how it works and how, how, how does this, why is this structured this way? Why did they make this choice? And it's making me think a little bit more as I'm writing my own stuff, which I did not expect. So uh, I'll answer this question in the sense of... Um, uh, there is, I realize there is a precious little that I consume anymore that does not have a podcast at the end of it. Here, <laughs> here, oh and it's a little bit pro- it's a little bit problematic, and yet at the same time, um, it is also that I'm on a kind of a glide path. It's not as if there are things that I'm desperate to uh, to consume that I don't get to. It's just that a lot of it ends up leading to somewhere, and that's how I kind of pick the topics and how I kind of modulate my entertainment uh, consumption time. Sometimes it gets a little crazy like when when we did Buffy season one and there were a couple of old movies and there were a bunch of books and there was like and there, there were those 10 Batman animated series episodes where I was like wow there's a lot here in a very short period of time that I need to consume which is when we get to the panic reading as John put it but you know at the same time it's it's um I I, I do have those moments I was talking to somebody and I'm not sure John was John was out here visiting not too long ago and we, I know we were talking and you have those moments where you're like this could be a podcast but it's not a podcast should it be a podcast no, it should be. You are be a recording podcast, that, right? 
I should have my car just I need to install the microphones in the car so I can get all of the all of the conversations down. But th- and that's and that's the point is that I do have those moments where I watch a TV show, let's say, that I'm not doing a podcast about and I think this is a little bit weird like because uh, I I'm I'm almost always taking notes now, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. Uh and and again, it's not in a bad way, but it it has sort of like um uh, become that 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 uh, if if I'm going to prioritize something I, and and I want to say this is really positive. Like I said earlier, uh, I'm reading a lot of different comics because I've been able to use sort of Lisa as a guide to suggest things because she has this great knowledge of stuff that I have no idea about. That that's actually been really great to expose me to a whole bunch of new stuff. And back when Jason Brightman was on uh, and he got a new job and moved to Seattle and is very busy and is, hasn't been on in a while, but you know he would he would suggest things too, and Lisa would suggest things that and that was really great for my comic reading. The award patrol that we've been doing that, that has come up a couple of times has actually really helped because I, I've never been a fantasy reader. I've always preferred science fiction to fantasy. And a lot of the novels that get nom- nominated for the Hugo and the Nebula Awards are fantasy novels. And I've really loved them. And I think I would never have read the Goblin Emperor or the Genie and the Golem or a bunch of the, the novels actually that are that we'll be talking about in a couple weeks in our Nebulas episode uh, that I really liked but are, are essentially fantasy. And I would have uh, absolutely uh, bypass them otherwise. So I'd say on that score, um, it's also been uh, it's also been really great to add to my my pile or at least guide my reading pile and uh, discover great stories and great authors that I wouldn't have found. Um, and then on the TV front, I mean that's the, the one of the nice things about the, creating the TV podcast is the, a lot of the stuff that I was going to watch anyway and I was going to think about anyway. I get to talk about with people. So like Monty was writing recaps for Television Without Pity for years about Game of Thrones, and when they shut down television without pity i said hey monty do you want to talk about game of thrones on a podcast and we got to do that and we still do that and brian hamilton one week i couldn't do it and he's just a like a random listener that <laughs> decided to come on and now brian's on a lot of podcasts with I us now and, brian. That, and so that was great <laughs> too. too so and and likewise getting to talk about doctor who i was going to talk about doctor who with people every week anyway and now it's a podcast and that's a lot of fun so i'd say that that's another part of this is 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 transmuting some of the stuff that i was going to do anyway and be excited about and uh, turn that into something... I mean, we've said this in most of the anniversary episodes we've done here, which is I feel like if I didn't have this podcast, I would still want to call you up, uh, you know, all of you and talk about stuff that I read. Right. So it's yeah. good that we have a podcast because yeah. we might as well, because, because we really long distance to, to Canada is anyway. expensive. There is just that, yes, onion, I- that onion story that just came out. Or was it Clickhole about the uh, woman finds herself accidentally engaged in podcasts without realizing it? Like many of you guys have said, like, this is the kind of stuff I would sit around and like shoot the breeze with with my friends you know over the course Mm -hmm. of the last 20 years uh and i feel like many of you even before we started doing the podcast we found that we had similar interests and we would end up sitting around talking about these things you know at those occasions glenn talked about where we you know met up and whatever and so it's nice to have this as an outlet because uh yeah uh, we're all nerds we all like talking about stuff and that, that's pretty much all. I love that we sucked <laughs> other people in, like Brian Hamilton, Joe Rosensteel, uh, Dan mm-hmm. Sturm. Like, how many yeah, people Aline, have now Aline been? Aline Sims. Aline Sims. I mean, yeah. all these wonderful people. We've like, uh, it's like a magnetic uh, field. We're just pulling more and more people into our, <laughs> our, our, our Dharma. Into our maw. Yeah, and then they're really destroyed and converted into pure energy. <laughs> they start their own podcast, and soon we have 500 podcasts. The incomparable is people! <laughs> <laughs> 
So before we break for the uh, for the second part of this mammoth uh, 300th episode, I wanted to just ask Glenn. Glenn, is something mentioned? If you if you have anything specific that you want to highlight, like like I I discovered this entirely because of the incomparable, and I'm glad I did. This would be a fine time to do that. If you don't, that's fine. But I'm I'm just sort of curious. That's the that's the final little uh, little part. Glenn, are there are there specifics, or did you cover them? Did you mention them all? I, I have a few specifics, and I'll go super okay. fast. I promise. Is a uh, hundred thousand sure, kingdom. Sure. Hundred thousand. 100,000 Kingdoms. Yeah, uh, N.K. Jemison. Yeah, I love her work. I've only read the first series, and I keep meaning to go to the next, but I, I've reread that series. Oh, well, it's, it's really good. I just read that oh, the good. first book of the next series for the Nebulas, and uh, really good, really good. I think I've missed... Wait, she's on her third series now. Haven't I missed her second? Yeah, so I, I've i reread 100,000 Kingdoms at least twice. Um, uh, China Mieville, I'd already been reading, but I think I read more of him because of this. I regret it slightly, but his books that I like so much, <laughs> I like so much. Yeah. Um, our friend Helene, yeah. Helene uh, Wecker, who wrote... Uh, 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 Gollum and the Genie, and uh, how, how, about, the Genie. how about that? By the way, the power of the podcast—that a book that that a lot of us really loved, and I it was my favorite book of the year. And the writer of that book like listens to the podcast, and I had lunch with her, and she's been on a couple episodes. And how awesome is that? That's amazing. That's unbelievable. And we made her watch Zardoz. Yeah. Oh my and god. And we made her watch Zardoz. <laughs> now she's say. never coming back. Never coming back. I no, she uh, likes no, it. I'll never have lunch with her. Uh, night- she <laughs> likes Zardoz. <laughs> Night Circus is another book that I discovered through this show, I think. Yeah. And uh, I, I, whenever anybody asks me for a recommendation, like, what is some good fiction to read? I say Night Circus and Golem and the Genie. I mean, those are the two. Those are two of my favorite uh, new books of the last decade. They're just so beautiful. And they're so, they have a lot in common. But I would never have yeah. found either of those through the show. Uh, Leviathan Wakes, I've now read the whole series to date. I read the book oh, the for Expanse, yeah. Uh, mm-hmm. and, the, and I also watched the TV show. And I think I would not have nec- – I, I almost certainly wouldn't have encountered those. Those are great. And Joe Walton, who I have not read enough of. But I've read four of her books now. And I need to be reading some of her others as well. Oh, and oh, and finally, uh, Miyazaki. Like I'd heard about Miyazaki for years, never felt it approachable. I wasn't sure what to watch or if I'd understand it. And through the good offices of Mr. Syracuse and several of the rest of you, I felt like I had an entree. I've only watched a few movies, but my kids love them, and uh, I will will eventually get through them all. That was Thank another you. example of us doing a whole episode about everything that a, a director <laughs> ever made and then realizing, oh, crap, we're going to be here for more than 300 episodes. Maybe we should take them one by one instead. <laughs> that was an episode with two people on it, too, I think, right? Yeah, that was I, – I think, John, in fact, I think that's the only two-person episode of The Incomparable no ever. no one else would watch me. it. That's why we needed Erica to come. Nope. Someone oh. to watch my weird movie. <laughs> yeah. uh, the Kiki episode is extremely valuable because it had to listen to it after watching the movie twice. Now I understand the movie better, so thank you. Yeah. Uh, anybody else have things like specific things they want to call out? If you do, f- feel free to share things was, that you it discovered. Was, it was my understanding there would be no. It's not on the test. No. Yeah. On the test. <laughs> I can't remember the name of the specific Fantastic Four minis uh, miniseries oh, unstable, we read. Unstable molecules. Yes, right? unstable molecules. I would not have heard about if Jason Brightman hadn't recommended it, and it is one of my favorite unconventional um, superhero re- re- retellings now. Um, yeah, that that was that was really good. I you know the Jason Brightman one that I always want to mention is, and you can listen to the episode. There is an episode where you can actually hear him say, "You know what's really good is this new Hawkeye series." Yeah, and <laughs> you can hear me snort and be like, "Oh, please, Hawkeye!" And he's like, "No, no, actually, like the whole first <laughs> yes. episode is about him like taking his dog to the vet." Yeah. And uh, boy, you know. He was right, but I, I that was one of the best comics of the last 10 years, and I heard about it because Jason called it out during an episode of The Incomparable. Yeah, because that, was that when we were going through the, the here's what we're reading or here's what we're looking at type? Yeah, of, that, yeah. yeah that was just, he threw that off, and I, I couldn't believe it, but he was totally right. 
Yeah, on, on the anime front, I I don't think I ever would have gotten around to watching uh, Ghost in the Shell standalone complex without the anime episode. Like it had been on my to watch list for so many years, I had kind of written it off. So having an excuse to watch it and then dig into it was was really fun. And then you know getting to rewatch the movie itself was really cool. And on the reading side, um, I did read Leviathan Wakes and wa- and watch the the show as well. Oh, okay. And then also uh, The Lies of Locke Lamora, which I don't know. Oh. I mean, I had I had met Scott Lynch, but I'd never read the book. And then I heard you guys talking about the book and I was like, oh, that actually sounds pretty good. I should mention I'm reading Leviathan Wakes right now, too, just because Ooh. you guys were all talking about it so much uh. in Slack. And then you're talking about the TV show. And I was like, oh, I, I got to get on this TV show. And I have the kind of personality where I'd like to read the book first so I can be like, uh. mm. so no, I, I actually went and bought like the box set off Amazon because I'm, I'm also trying to do this thing where I don't stare at screens every night. And I am sitting here with this giant paperback in my lap a couple nights a week trying to read the book. And it's riveting. I like it. I really like it, and I don't think I would have bought it. Um, Because when I say, oh, written by George R.R. Martin's personal assistant, oh, (laughs) I don't know. (laughs) Brandon Sanderson gives it a ringing endorsement. I'm like, oh, I don't know. Brandon Sanderson? Uh." I would never have read that book if it hadn't been. It was nominated for a Hugo. That's Mm -hmm. the only reason I read it. Oh, yeah. I believe I picked it up off a shelf at some point looking for science fiction to read, had seen some reviews, and I'm like, you guys, have you guys read this? It's pretty good. And you're like, we talked about that like 100 episodes ago. It's like, uh, never mind. It happens. I'm bad, I'm bad at that. I, I've had many moments recently where I was thinking like, oh, we should do an episode about this thing. And then I go and look like, oh, we, we did an episode. I was just thinking the other day, like, oh, man, we never really did an it's episode 300. About, about Indiana Jones and the Last Crusade. I'm like, oh, wait, hold on. As I was scrolling through back through the archives tonight, I was on an episode. I was on it, an episode. That Singleton that. episode. Yeah. I, I forget uh, things. Yeah, do you, you mean how we did an episode of A Foot on the Maltese Falcon without me realizing that it had been a recent old movie club episode? Like that. Yep. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Different podcasts. We have too, ma- okay. too many shows, guys. Actually, that's another thing I wanted to mention. So I've been talking to Phil about doing an old movie thing for a long time. And one of the things I had, I, and I know this is ridiculous now that The Incomparable is a network that has like almost 20 podcasts on it. But uh, there are, believe it or not, there are podcasts that we don't spin off. And Rocket <laughs> Surgery and Old Movie Club are two of those where, where they're actually not new podcasts we do have a slight amount of restraint and Mm -hmm. one of the great things about the old movie club is that i do feel like phil is my uh guide to old movies because i know nothing about old movies i don't i just don't at all and so i really enjoy that once every couple of months phil gives me an assignment watch these movies and i don't know anything about them i've almost certainly not ever seen them and i know a lot of the people who are on those episodes have seen them or know them by heart or it's their favorite movie (laughs) and then there's me who's like monty's like hey his girl friday that's my favorite movie and i'm like i've never seen it so let's watch it <laughs> which is crazy because you're a reporter it's like it's it's like practically i know i've seen the front page i actually saw the front page but i never saw his girl friday that's so wild. you know but but this is this is the thing so so that that's actually an example of where unexpectedly since that's a little bit uh, different from what the original charter of the incomparable was but i've really enjoyed that of like you know somebody who has seen a lot of old movies tell me some movies that i actually would be interested in seeing because there 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 are lots of them i'm not going to be able to pick but if somebody can hold my hand and say no no we're going to watch these mm-hmm. we're going to watch these movies these old movies uh and that's been a lot of fun that's been a nice thing 
trying to make a list of all the things that uh you know to fulfill the glenn's uh real-time homework assignment of things that we've discovered yeah. because of the show and it's actually a surprising Thanks, list it's not like obscure stuff but when i when i think about yeah, it's it like, like uh salt bagels and garlic bagels no. like, and bialis i mean like like uh, like the name of the wind series like i i think i would have known that existed but i definitely wouldn't have read it unless we were going to do a podcast about it doctor who again knew it existed i started watching the 2005 doctor who reboot but i don't think i would have been as religiously watching it as i was if i didn't know that there was a podcast back and i also hearing a bunch of and i did listen to other doctor who podcasts sorry i cheated on the incomparable um <laughs> hear, hearing all these people who are super enthusiastic about it said maybe i should even though the show seems kind of silly to me maybe i should give it more of a shot the marvel movies i'm sure i would have seen some of them but would i have been as dedicated to watching them all and fitting them all in and, and giving agents of shield another chance after i'd bailed on it if not for the podcast no uh the flash the arrow uh same deal i definitely would have not watched those if i hadn't heard uh you nutballs uh raving about them for so long the expanse that everyone else has mentioned i didn't read the books but because uh everyone had been talking about the books and everyone else was watching it i said i'd give that a try even things like ready player one which i definitely wouldn't have read if what if not for the podcast and now i'm looking forward to reading the uh goblin emperor of doom uh so that'll be great <laughs> that's not it that's not it no it seems like i think that's, that's the ninth book in this series <laughs> i think you're 19th Sadly. Yeah, Worm Emperor. I think everybody else took the ones that I would have mentioned, but because I, I thought they're thinking like, oh, man, what did I do? And then Glenn went through a whole list of things. I was like, oh, yeah, go <laughs> with the genie. I, I probably yeah. would not have read that otherwise. God, I sure, probably that. wouldn't have read that. Uh, Expanse, yeah. I mean, I, I think I've read a lot of things. I feel like I've definitely, I have watched some old movies, thanks to Phil. Like about, I feel like I'm batting about 50% with Phil. Like, he'll always pick one movie, and Phil will pick like the two movies, and it's like one of them I have seen, and the other one I've never heard of. <laughs> um, <laughs> so, that's I, a trick. I, it's, yeah, no, that's great though, because I he feel like really, I can really loves old movies. Like, our, our, our TIFO is, is 99% full right now, and I guarantee you, that close to to eighty percent of that content is nothing but stuff he's he's recorded off of Turner Classic movies. Um, yeah, that's sure. That is like fantastic. he goes through the listings every few days, and I'm so jealous. Maybe he's like, well, There's, that's, he's not, like, oh. that's not a thing here. Because no. he's like, oh, maybe, maybe, maybe now is the time for me to do a deep dive on Edward G. Robinson, and so he'll record like six in a row. <laughs> yeah, and then, yeah, yeah, no, that, yeah. no, that is a, that is a thing I actually lived through recently. So, <laughs> yeah, I I once so I once went uh, Phil and I went to, on a business trip, and on the way back we went to a we went to a college football game in Tennessee. It was Cal playing Tennessee, and so it, it's you know the mismatched like play the wacky music from the Amazing Race kind of thing. But we're we're watching um, on the TV is a is an old movie and it was the most bizarre thing that i've ever experienced because it was it was sort of like stump the band it was it was what movie is this phil because you know at home you've got program guides and stuff but in the hotel room no program guides, just the oh, TV. Oh, he texted me about this because he needed it, me Yeah, to he look. did. It, it, was, it, was, it was great because it was like, as the movie is unfolding, he's like, well, it could be, oh, I know that actor. And it was amazing to see the mind of the old movie aficionado kind of unfold where, and he got it. He figured it out, but he yeah. did He did call, maybe do a phone a friend at one point. He texted me to um, confirm because he said, yeah. he said, I need you to look up on IMDb. For whatever reason, you guys couldn't get onto IMDb. I guess the network was limited it, or something. Yeah, the internet was bad in Tennessee. Yeah. What, but what he's was like, the movie? He, he, what was the movie? Oh, gosh. It was, um, okay, I'll, I'll remember, honestly, I remember the query, which is, it took place on a train. <laughs> yeah, there was a, a train, honeymoon. Yeah. There were shenanigans, some, and Gene Harlow was involved. Yeah, and unfortunate uh, black porters scene. Yeah. Uh, because, you know, 
old movies. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. No, that's something that, oh, yeah. that's, that's, anyway. that's like, the. but yeah, it was one of those things where Phil's just like shouting, like texting me all these clues and, I'm, and no, he called because the internet was so bad. He called uh. and he's like shouting all these clues to me and I'm trying to Google as fast as I can. Oh, honey, old I movie club is not just a, a, a fun little sub project and within it's the a, incomparable. It's a way of life. It's mm-hmm. a way of life. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And, and uh, I'll, I'll throw out the rocket surgery thing, which we also tried to, uh, you know, start in the last year, year and a half. That's been a lot of fun because there, that, that is an opportunity. Yeah, I mean, part of it is yes. The Flophouse is one of my favorite podcasts, and so the idea of going back and watching things that are that are uh, that are bad or at least critically maligned uh, uh, has been a lot of fun. And you know, I never had seen Zardoz, and now I have seen Zardoz. <laughs> so I have too, and for some reason, I'm still here. Yeah, the Flophouse was something I had never heard of yeah, until you guys started talking about it. And then I lost an entire August about yeah. a year and a half ago, just listening to all the back episodes. Magic yeah. Tab- Magic Tavern is the latest infection, right? That's what yeah, we're all... that's right. Yep. That's Good. right. And uh, Tony says the core is perfectly fine. By the way, the <laughs> <laughs> core is something else you I know. would never have watched Actually, if it hadn't I would been never have, comparable. I would never watch Frankenstein meets the Space Monster or Gog, both yeah. of which are kind of charmingly right. weird. Yeah, yeah. They're not, not good, but they're charming. Yeah. I'm so uh, old, I'm very happy. dumb sci-fi movies. So yeah, very happy. Uh, Neil Gaiman's The Ocean at the End of the Lane. I don't know oh, yeah. that I would have read that. If it hadn't been for an episode. I mean, I was interested. It's not like I don't read Neil. But I was like, all right, it's it's quick. I can read that. Um, and I loved that. Oh, my God. I'm, I'm glad that you did that uh, prior to Gog, because it was Neil before Gog. <laughs> oh, wow. ow. This podcast is over. I'm going to unscrew my microphone from the boom just so I can drop it now. <laughs> drop the mic. Yeah. yeah, I hope it breaks on the way down. <laughs> yeah. Wow. Uh, yeah. um, and Anything the, else? The, the oh, yeah. graphic. I, I, still going. With fire. I still got some. Um, oh. the, the graphic novel of A Wrinkle in Time. I might not have gotten that if. It oh yeah, been. the Hope yeah. Larson. That was that was Lisa uh, kind of put us onto that. Yeah. Yeah, and and I mean a lot of comics saga. Don't know that oh, I yeah. read it saga. except for this, and and I just I bought two collections of Ms. Marvel the other day, um, and and I blame you guys. So yeah, it's you're hard. welcome. Is what is, yeah, is yes. I think well, is that, that, there's, there's that was be, implied. There's nothing to be. A sh- there's nothing to blame anybody <laughs> about for that. I think I've sent out a couple trades of Miss Marvel to people as gifts this year too. It's it's kind yeah. of be- between that and Squirrel Girl. Are you guys all reading uh, the Unbeatable Squirrel Girl yet? Oh, I because love Squirrel. Yeah, you should be. And, um, yeah, I will be. Those are like now my go-to gifts for people who are going through a hard time. Is I send out the the G Willow Wilson run on Miss Marvel, and then I send them Squirrel Girl. I Squirrel Girl holds the. The, uh, award I think is the only comic that my girlfriend has started reading over my shoulder because I just started her <laughs> reading her things out of it and now mm-hmm. every time she's like I kind of want to she's like peering over my shoulder as I'm on the iPad I kind of want what's going on in that panel what's happening there <laughs> what's at the bottom of the page I, I have gotten a lot of stuff on comicsology in the last two years and and I got Miss Marvel in paper it is mm. on my shelf it's mm-hmm. good it's good stuff well, I'm looking at the uh, I'm looking at the past topics in the spreadsheet, and it's kind of amazing uh, how much we've covered. It is true that we recalibrated at some point, 
and realized that this is going to, we're in it for the long haul. So maybe one episode about Studio Ghibli is uh, probably a bad idea. Uh, <laughs> all of Joss Whedon in 48 all minutes. Of Joss, oh, yeah. All of Joss Whedon. Yeah, that's the, that's the kicker is not just that we did all of Joss Whedon in one episode, but it was a 48 minute long episode. <laughs> Good times. <laughs> Nothing else to say. There's one thing I should point out here is that a lot of us, a lot of the people on this podcast had full-time jobs when you started, so we figured it wouldn't last, right? And now we're all blissfully... Now we're all unemployed because yeah, of this podcast. Yourself, like, my, my job has gotten more... De- my, I switched jobs and it got more demanding. It's all just right. like... Yeah. Lisa I'm has still... picked up all of our slack. That's yeah. right. Yeah. So, so I had one, one last thing I wanted to, I wanted to mention before we, we move on, uh, which was just... Uh, I, I really have enjoyed... We, we mentioned all the people that have sort of come into the orbit of not just this podcast, but of the of the the family and the network and and uh, uh, I really I think there was one of the best manifestations of that was the week that the Force Awakens came out where we ended up doing four <laughs> podcasts that week yes. and three on one oh. day that about was the actually Force Awakens. a film I discovered because of you no. <laughs> John was, would not have seen that if it weren't for the podcast. That was just a wonderful. It was a wonderful moment to see that everybody wanted to talk about it, and in fact, that the enthusiasm was so unrestrained Ooh. that uh, everybody. We need to give everybody a space in, in which they could discuss twenty four hours Force Awakens network. Oh God, yeah. Turn it on and see what they're talking about now. Well, I mean, for for about a year, the line in the incomparable calendar just said "OMG Star Wars." So I didn't really know what it was going to be but that's what it turned into and that was that was pretty great so uh who knows what the next 300 episodes will bring oh now i'm very tired just even thinking about all the books that i'm going to be reading but it'll be fine and if it hadn't been for the old movie club buttons a clown uh, might not be part of my my like default running gags now you know, around the house Phil- Philip Michaels has been telling me the plot of, uh, of the greatest the, uh, show on earth is one of the greatest show on earth <laughs> for years TVs. and doing his Jimmy Stewart as a murderous ca- clown impression for years. <laughs> yeah. And I finally saw the movie because of this <laughs> podcast. Sometimes you've got to kill the oh things God. you love. <laughs> he can't hold that over me anymore. I've seen it now. All right. This is this is where an episode would end, but instead it's going to continue with something completely different. But before then, I am going to, as if this was the end of an episode, I'm going to thank my guests uh, for being here. These are some of the some of the most prevalent voices on this podcast in the last 300 weeks. Dan Morin, thank you so much for being here. Hey, it's been a pleasure all 300 episodes of them. Well, yeah, let's not go too far. Some of hey, them were a pleasure. It's been a pleasure all 20 episodes of them. Yeah. <laughs> what? <laughs> you get to figure out which ones. John Syracuse, thank you for being here. And suppo- someone's supposed to yell, this is the incomparable, and kick me into a well? What's going on? <laughs> <laughs> Pretty much. Uh, David Lore, thank you. Thank you. I, uh, all of the episodes have been a, a joy, especially the ones I wasn't on. Lisa Schmeiser, thank you. Thank you for having me. This has been so much fun. It's been a lot of fun. Uh, the, the tonight and, uh, and in general, it's been a mm-hmm. lot of fun. Uh, like I said, I would, if this podcast didn't exist, I would just be calling you all <laughs> to talk about things. So it's my, we might as well record it. <laughs> Erica Ensign, thanks so much for, being, for, for becoming part of the family midway through. You know, it's it's fun to to still be the new kid on the block. I look forward to to the anniversary episode where I'm, you know, where I've been more than around for more than half of the episode. You have to kill the people yeah. who have been around here longer. <laughs> so the last the last surviving <laughs> member. <laughs> and Glenn, uh, no thanks to you. What? For, no, thank you. For- <laughs> <laughs> thank you for letting me inflict my taste on you for all these years, and also thank you we for turning it. my name into a gerund that is used locally. <laughs> 
<laughs> the Glen is good. Who hasn't wanted to be turned into a chair? So many meetings so for Glenning now. I know. Pleasure it's true. to be here. Thank you for asking me on. Well, and so that's the end of this segment of The Incomparable's 300th episode spectacular. I can't wait to hear what's coming next. So stay tuned after this interlude that I don't even know what it's going to be. But stay tuned for it, and then there'll be more podcast afterward. Goodbye for now. <laughs> Welcome back, everybody, to uh, part two of the episode 300 Spectacular here. I have a new panel of people that I'm going to introduce to you as we go. We're going to start, though, uh, by having this panel of people. I'm going to introduce them, and they're going to pick in a draft, a single round draft, an episode of The Incomparable. That's all I've really asked them to do. So pick an episode. With the first pick, it is Chip Sutterth. Hi, Chip. Hi, Jason. I pick the video game draft. All right. What? He's just going to come right out and pick as part of his introduction? Yeah, exactly right. That's how we do <laughs> this it. This is crazy. I know. It's this a crazy round. It's the crazy round. Anything can You're happen. You're just going to lead off with what? the crazy round? I am. I think that's too crazy. you got to kind of work Ooh. into the crazy nope. round. Nope. That's what oh makes it crazy. Oh, it's, it's, uh, it's the 300 crazy. spectacular. I'm so afraid vid- I have to drop off of this call. It is too crazy. <laughs> so, Chip, why the video game draft? What? what uh, and, and you mean not the computer game draft? The video game draft, which is uh, the, you know, that's right. <laughs> oh, no, no, no. I, I rescind. Oh, I rescind sure, my so draft. I pick the. I pick the computer game draft. Uh, so, so episode one ninety five. Then peak crate is what you pick. Yes. Because, okay. Because you just like games. Not only do I like games, I like games for old people, and <laughs> the incomparable. It's it's. I listen to this episode and I feel like it's my tribe, man. Yeah. It's my tribe. Canasta. Bocce ball. Yeah. Oh, except except I think I remember screaming out at the top of my lungs. What about Raid on Bungling Bay? I can't believe you didn't mention Raid on Bungling Bay. Well, oh yeah, I was going to mention something about Battletoads, but that was that that was the other episode, so I'm not going to. That <laughs> I was can't where I learned you about forgot Battletoads. To mention Battletoads. I, that's how I learned about Battletoads was in the video game uh, episode. I had never heard about them, and now I understand many jokes on the Flophouse because of Battletoads because of that. I can't that believe thing. you forgot to mention Droll. I can't believe it either. I can't believe you forgot to mention Earhart. I can't believe we forgot to mention all the games we didn't mention, frankly. How many of these are you making up right now? No, they're all real. No, I think they're all real because it's Steve. Oh, hey, it's Gross. Dan Morin. Dan, welcome. <laughs> Pick of an episode. Hey, hey, how, how's it going? Um, I'm picking this episode mainly to stop Glenn from picking it, which is episode 22, Stephen Fry Does Not Appear. Oh, I was going <laughs> to Circle pick takes that. the square. <laughs> why? And you might ask why. Why, why would uh, yeah. I pick that, I really, that hot mess of an episode? Why would you pick that? Why would you pick that? Why? <laughs> I enjoy that in our CMS, its topic is listed as pointless, endless rambling. <laughs> and perhaps that is why I've chosen it. Um, in part because I was there in that room as we talked about so many things, including repeatedly Stephen Fry. That episode has absolutely no point to it, and mm-hmm. yet I, 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 it is beloved by, strangely enough, people other than us. What? Um, people who did not have to sit in that hot room for that oh. hour and change that we were in there as the oxygen slowly got sucked out yeah. and we all went insane. Um, 
In fact, I believe is I believe there is a fifth panelist who is not listed in that episode who is not miked, which I think was Lex Friedman. That's correct. Who that is, is just correct. standing in yeah, sitting in the corner laughing <laughs> at everything that we are saying and yet is not on the podcast. Yeah. Well, there were only the four microphones, so yeah, that will happen he, every pop. Yeah, he he just he just consumed our oxygen until we had to open the door finally. Just to refresh people's memory because uh <laughs> because this is the 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 uh the paragraph we discuss Stephen Fry, Sherlock Holmes, Jane Bond, Sean Connery, Scottish accents, corporate detectives, V for Vendetta, nineteen eighty four, Fahrenheit four fifty one, Ray Bradbury, Solaris, The Fountain Garfield, in Media Res Movie Conceits, Doctor Who Special Effects, our favorite TV shows of all time, including Buffy, Max Headroom, Sports Night Space, Smack the Pony, The Rocker Files, The Middleman, Kevin Sorbo, Gene Roddenberry's posthumous over and why steven spielberg can't make a good tv show also the debut of the spoiler quack, quack. so basically i think I, I don't even really know why why we continued making a show it was great to get all those topics out of the way having talked about them in full so we don't have to revisit them <laughs> yep. ever again never again <laughs> I was going to pick that episode because I, f- I feel like that was the first episode where we really let our freak flag fr- fly and uh, and fry, uh, fry and Stephen Fry. <laughs> freak fry so fry. yep, it does not yeah, appear. I, I I I'm with you, Dan. I think that was a that was a landmark in a way. That's a mm-hmm. highlight episode right there. It's amazing they didn't take our podcasting license away from us. At that that was just a you know, and and that was over five years ago now. So yep. we're still going strong apparently. Well, the wheels of podcast justice take a while to spin. I'm sure it'll all work out in the end, and we'll be banned. Uh, Scott McNulty is here. Hi, Scott. Hello. Can you can you pick an, a favorite episode or an episode? I suppose it could also be an episode you despise, but whatever. <laughs> just pick an episode. I didn't specify beyond that. <laughs> just get on with it, man. I'm sorry. It's a, uh, every episode I'm not on, I despise. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> I'm with I'm you. Gonna go, <laughs> I'm going to go way back to the very first incomparable <gasps> number wow. one. We'll wow. always have Zeppelins. It's been all downhill from there. <laughs> it's, it's, that was the peak, peak incomparable. And then, and in 53 minutes, we talked about The City of the City, The Wind Up Girl, For the Wind, Shipbreaker, The Dream of Perpetual Motion, A Song of Ice and Fire. Done. Yep. Uh, <laughs> yeah. 53 minutes. <laughs> it was it was uh, and many more novels that we spoke about in uh, fifty three minutes, uh, and that's uh, when the uh, the little catchphrase "this podcast is over" was first uh, discussed. So oh, ir- ironically exciting. enough, since the podcast is still going, <laughs> yeah. two hundred and ninety nine episodes straight down. Also, the catchphrase "Welcome to the Incomparable." That's right. Increasingly inaccurate. This podcast is over. Uh, and uh, yeah, so that's that's my pick. It was the very first episode is a book episode. So. It began our obsession with Zeppelins. Yep. Yes. Because there were multiple Zeppelin books Our there. obsession with Zeppelins may have predated that, but it Possibly. reinforced it. Certainly. Well, it explains it. Yes, exactly. That's that's it. Uh, it all came out there on the table. Then also, I, I am amused that the show notes for episode one discuss the fact that we uh, couldn't pronounce a lot of the names, which also tells you something about how it was the early days of our podcasting, where you know a whole bunch of people who don't know how to pronounce anything because all they do is read get on a podcast and go, <laughs> I don't know how to say any of these words because I've never heard them out loud. And those were back in the days when we actually cared enough to apologize for it in the show notes. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> now we just roll that's on. How you know it was early times. We were polite. People back just then. expect it. Yeah. All right. That's a good choice. Episode one. It's all downhill from there. Erica Ensign is here. Hello. I am here. Hello. Do you have an episode to pick to, to start us off? I do. This was really hard, but I, I, I dug deep and I decided to go with uh, one that was, was actually kind of special to me. And that was episode 198, A Critical Mass of Lady Geeks, because oh. I happen to be a lady geek. Mm-hmm. And uh, <laughs> What? Yeah, Wait. Yeah. 
Mm-hmm. It's true. It's true. I'm not lying. Uh, and it was it was really fun to sort of connect with uh, a couple of my fellow lady geeks, uh, Lisa Schmeiser and Brianna Wu, and just talk about what it was like to to grow up as as a girl. And you know, just found out all this stuff that I had in common with those two. And it was it was just really fun. That's that was a good one. That was the one that you had to sort of talk me into hosting because I was like, I, I kind of don't want to intrude on this. Like, no, no, you can you can be the host. We'll let you in. We'll let you in. Yeah. <laughs> and I thought that worked. I thought that worked very well. That was that was a good one. Uh, Steve Lutz is here. Uh oh. Hi, Steve. <laughs> hey, Jason. Three hundred episodes. We did it. We did it. <laughs> we did it. We're no, we're over. now. We've committed all the all the crimes now. I'm so excited. 300 crazy episodes, man. Although I didn't really come on board until episode nine. So the first eight really don't count. They don't. That's <laughs> Except if you're Scott. <laughs> um, uh, do you have an episode to pick here? Uh, I do. I'm going to take uh, off the table episode 58, Grey Skull Anonymous, which was the first episode of our <laughs> TV fantasy draft. Oh, Steve, always on Cut brand. his mic. Cut his mic. <laughs> I'm coming through this microphone for you. And not just because it's... It's because it's a Skeletor thing. It's just because that, I think, uh, you said episode 22 you love because it's insane and pointless. Mm -hmm. Episode 58 has a point, and it's still insane. Mm -hmm. In fact, perhaps more insane for it. Um, It is, of course, us drafting TV characters, which we then work into pitches in the next episode. It uh, features the uh, first appearance of Edith Snell. Yeah, dual eatage. Dual eatage. Apparently, the crazy round shows up in there somewhere. (laughs) Um, there's a lot of good stuff. Oh, and Skeletor, of course, appears there. Of course. <laughs> not, not quite as happy about that part of it. But, well, the uh, two episodes that I was planning on picking are both off the board because it's a draft, you see, because I had that on my oh, list, too. Oh. Yeah, you would yeah. think after 300 episodes, you would learn not to be the nice host and, and slot yourself <laughs> earlier in the draft. Always. I, I, I feel instead that it's my job to make bad decisions, like allow you to take the dance the robot on the robot draft. So. Oh. <laughs> Do you want that one? You can have that one if you want I don't I don't want that one now. I don't want that one. It's been sullied. Have I soiled it? Yeah, pretty much. This is great. Uh, Glenn Fleischman. Hello. I never left. I'm sorry. I just stuck around behind the scenes. Yeah, you just, you you don't have to go home, but you can't stay here. But anyway, you're here. So do you have a choice for for an incomparable episode? Yeah, I actually wasn't going to pick the Stephen Fry episode 22. I had another episode in mind that no one's picked. And Jason, this is going to be a touchy subject, but bear with me. Oh, no. It's a real genius episode, isn't it? Yeah, episode 33, I drank what? (laughs) The real genius episode. I'm not picking it because you were uncomfortable because I felt bad about that. But I felt (laughs) it was actually a really great episode. We learned how hypercritical John Syracuse can be. We discovered uh, Ren Caldwell is a time traveler. That uh-huh. was my first real inkling that she had traveled from a point in the past and that she's not her age and she never ages, something like that, since she'd grown up around the scenes in the movie. And uh, also learned why we can't have nice things. That was a good lesson to learn uh-huh. early on, that we can't have nice things. But I still love the movie. I saw it in a drive-in uh I think it's a great film. I love the popcorn scene. People quote it all the time. Somebody was just quoting it in passing on Twitter, just out of nowhere. It's a great film. So I kind of love the episode. I did not like your dreams being crushed. I I, I am going to have to take your work for it, Glenn, because as I've said before, I've never listened to that episode. I, I think that's great advice. I, did, I didn't even edit it. Craig Noss edited that episode, so I've literally <laughs> oh never listened to it since I recorded it. And, Put it uh, in the vault. Yeah. Keep it locked up. And there's still there's like a whole room in your in laws house you can't enter anymore right because that's where the no, that's where no, the, it's the in, damage it's, occurred it's in my mom's house and and uh, when every time I go there and I'm doing a podcast I think this is where it happened I do that's it actually. <laughs> 
right here. That is the most depressing right thing I have heard it, it, in a long that, time. It, is that memorialized by a bronze plaque or by police tape? Uh, I've left a uh, yes. I've stuck something to the underside of the desk as a as a. <laughs> there's there's, there's just a big pile of popped popcorn lying mm-hmm. there. Jason has erected an eternal glowing laser in his memory. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> hey, you heard Andy Anako there. Andy Anako, hello. Hello, Jason. Do you have an episode that you would like to choose? I decided to choose the one that came first to mind as opposed to the ones that I had to actually search for. And it would be 245 Incomparable Assemble. That was the one Mm. about Avengers Age of Ultron. (laughs) And it was because... Uh, everybody who was in the you, you came out to the Northeast and we actually did this live. We we went to see the movie together, uh, all, all, all five of us, all six of us, and then we went to Dan Moran's house and then we uh, we we talked about it in person. Now the big advantage of this is that there was pizza and beer. Mm-hmm. And this, uh, and usually I have to provide my own pizza and alcohol if I'm going to do that on a podcast. It was nice to have it provided for me. It was nice to have craft services at an incomparable podcast. <laughs> that, that is the a one of a kind. Uh, everybody went and saw the movie together, and then everybody recorded the podcast right afterward together. Uh, that that was a yeah that that has never that yeah. has never happened before or since. In the, sometimes I still walk into that room and think this is where that happened. <laughs> yeah, that's right. <laughs> have you put have you put a flax down? Somewhere? And then you think, I really need to get this place fumigated. Yeah. Yeah. And Danny, there's a picture in the show notes for that of, of, the, of your uh, of your uh, living room there. And you can't see the part of the uh, couch that's propped up. So that's good. I know. That's I consider that one of the great successes of that picture. Yeah. We didn't we didn't knock the couch over or anything. So that's good. Yeah. Well done. Yeah. I'm just happy I've gotten to hear Dan say room like seven times already tonight. <laughs> Were we supposed to be drinking every time he said it? I'm sorry. Is that a thing? Like, yeah. Are you saying room? Yeah, yeah, for I me. guess it's just right, it's okay. a personal thing we've yeah, got going yeah. on. It, ha- it happens in the total party kill a lot. You can hear when 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 certain certain people, including Dan, say "room" and and it's pronounced more like "room." Uh, that uh, room. That, that's how that's how you say it. It's a living room. Often, it's not a living room. It's, it's not. Often Steve will say "room room" in the background. You can hear it when you edit Total Party Kill. Believe me, you can hear it. So uh, three hundred episodes channel. and you haven't picked up on that. I, I try not to listen to Steve too much. Oh yeah, that's a wise decision. Jason has no choice. He edits a lot of these. Uh, Monty Ashley is with us. Hi, Monty. Hi, Jason. Do you have an episode for us? Am I correct that the two times we played Trivial Pursuit were not actually in the Incomparable feed, but were actually in the Total Party Kill feed or something like that? Wasn't the... F- oh, it was Total Party Kill. You're right. No. No, those were um, those were a bonus track and a Total Party Kill, I think. Or a bonus track in a game show. In that case, I'm going to have to take episode 133. Ah, good choice. Incomparable Radio Theater of the Air. Ah. For being the incomparable episode with the most preparation by 100 million miles. (laughs) Yeah, seriously. I mean, it's not hard, but it really was. (laughs) I had to learn a lot of lines. Excuse me, sir. (laughs) Stay away from the painting. (laughs) Stay away from the painting, sir. Yeah, that was a, that was a lot of fun. That that was where we uh, first interacted with David Lore, and we haven't been able to get rid of him since. Yeah, I know that's, that's true. Not here, he's not here. Strangely enough, wait, yeah, wait a minute. He's not here. I, that, that's the weirdest I, thing. Yeah. It didn't even register because <laughs> he's just always here. He's always here. Yeah, yeah, I don't know. If you say yeah. his name a third time, he'll show up. David Lore. <gasps> no, that was our first radio show. It had uh, Timmy Preston and The Fog and Jenny Lane, Girl Detective, and Two Fisted Tales of Tesla, and Slim Skinner and the Cowhands of the Range. Who have not been back. <laughs> <laughs> 
No, they should they should come back, right? They really well, yeah. no, they probably shouldn't. That that was that was the that was the debut of the announcer and those nodules on my vocal cords. Yes, that's right. That's the first time uh, David's words made Andy uh, ruin his voice. So well done. <laughs> has David Lore just entered the room? Now appearing. He, he was here all along, except he wasn't. It's David Lore. Are you recording? What? Wow, wow you, it really does work if you it's say his name three times. Name I'm a little times. frightened right now. That was Creepy. Amazing. I think we only said it twice, though. David Lore, hello. Hello. Speak of the devil. Here you are. What What's your episode that you'd like to choose for us? Uh, of favorite episodes in the past? Uh, uh, again, just you have to or choose future. an episode. I didn't specify, although mostly I think people have been cho- cho- choosing uh, favorite episodes. I, I did all the homework of, you know, uh, episodes you want to revisit, episodes you loved, you know, all that. Yeah. Um, episodes I loved. Uh, would be the uh, similar to Monty's, the Christmas Spectacular. Ah, which episode number is that? One seventy-four. I've done your you. work for you. One seventy-four. <laughs> of course, number one seventy-four. Everybody knows yeah, the Christmas well, Spectacular. Well. Oh, the other big radio episode on the exactly. feed. Yeah. I mean, human uh, human centipede. Sure, but <laughs> right. That was on my list. Yeah. Yeah. Sure. Mm-hmm. Mine too. That was sure. that was basically my second choice. Mm. It has my favorite <laughs> moment of the incomparable. Yeah. But we, but for a whole episode it would be the the incomparable radio oh. Christmas spectacular. Very nice. That was a good one. Very nice. <laughs> okay, so now it's my turn to pick. I get to pick the last one of this round and then we'll move on to other things. And and my choice is actually episode 46, which is our first Star Wars movie episode. I like my coffee like my evil Sith Lords. I have fond memories of this. It's the first time that we broke down Star Wars, which turned out in, in de- detail of like a couple of hours. We broke that into two episodes. Um, that would become a trend. And uh, it was such a long session that I also have a fond memory of in the middle of it at one point. We, we could actually, on the recording... Uh, Greg, you could hear Greg Noss um, whispering to his wife, who was asking if he was still on the stupid podcast. His apologies, <laughs> like I'm sorry, it's still going. I'm so sorry, and uh, yeah, I put that in the episode as a, like a bumper because it just made me laugh. That <laughs> and he's not even apologizing to his wife. He's just like, I'm so it's sorry, everyone. I'm on this podcast. It's so dirty. <laughs> yeah. He had to write an app to remind himself to get off a podcast after an hour and a half after that. <laughs> That's true. It's true. All right. Well, there you go. There's a, there's a, a really deeply carefully curated list of comparable uh, <laughs> episodes that uh, we exist. We worked hard on those. Yeah. We did. Uh, well, how about, how about this? I'm going, to, uh, I'm going to play a clip from uh, our friend, Listener Nathan. Oh, Listener Nathan. <laughs> Hi, it's Listener Nathan. My question is, what past show topics would you most like to revisit? And would you want to go back because you have more to say? Or because your opinions on it have changed. All right. So topics you would like to revisit and why mm. is is the question from listener Nathan. Um, mm. Anybody have any answers for that? We, I'm not oh, going to do yeah, this I in got, draft, in draft form. Oh, yeah. yeah. Oh, yeah. I Glenn. Got one. <laughs> Glenn? Uh, I'd like to go back in time and not say they must be giants. <laughs> <laughs> you, you cannot do that, Glenn. You cannot. I've got one. Uh, I'd like to go back to episode 75, My Gaze Box is Full of Men Hearers, <laughs> where we talked about Infocom games, because I just like talking about Infocom games. I could go for several more hours on that subject. <laughs> we could do we could do a little more Infocom. We could do just like a general adventures kind of episode and throw some point and clicks in there. Sure. I would really like to go back to episode 31. Supernatural, and actually talk about supernatural. The one topic that's never been allowed. I was thinking I would like to have actually had done 
a proper amount of preparation for that. So I sounded like I knew what I was talking about uh-huh. in that episode. It's but been that there's a lot of episodes that's probably true of. So. Hey, hey Dan, it's been five years and Supernatural is still on the air. <laughs> I, I know, say, right? It's still running, so you can <laughs> talk about all new. Thanks to Dan. Yeah, I'm still watching. It's just me, I guess. It's, and Guy it's English, the Morin bump. <laughs> well, I, I got one, Jason. Oh, yep. In uh, in episodes 49 and 50, we talked a bit about the works of Pixar. I think we should go back and revisit those films in some more detail. Maybe oh, that's a good idea. Go through each of them like one at a time. Yeah, I, I would say like like just like the Miyazaki episode, we should probably take those one at a time. Oh and start, yeah, yeah, yeah. There's tr- Miyazaki. Yeah, taking an entire filmmaker's career into right. One, and yeah, I feel like the hour. individual films there they're rich enough that they they probably bear further scrutiny on their own. So that, that Joss that's, Whedon that's episode too, I feel sort of like that. Oh, it's an interesting idea. <laughs> hmm. You know what else? I, I actually really liked a couple of those those two game show episodes that we did. What if we did more of those, <laughs> but we played just one longer game per episode? Do you think that would work? No. No. Oh. <laughs> yeah, it's a hard, hard, hard no. Right. Hard pass. In that no. case, I think maybe it's time for a fresh look at Zardoz. <laughs> <laughs> this podcast is over. <laughs> Zardoz should have at least as many episodes as the Force Awakens trailer did. All right, we have the East That's Coast Zardoz, true. the UK Zardoz, the West Coast Zardoz. Oh dear! God. Oh dear. <laughs> I think that uh, Star Wars needs more attention. Yeah, <laughs> I, I, I hear it's pretty Force good. I, I don't know. Um, I, I would like to go back to episode two hundred and thirty-two: Learning to Love Heidi Two. Because I was sick that week, and I was going to be on, and I love Groundhog Day, so can we just do the whole episode again? Well, it would be fitting if we did, wouldn't it? <laughs> yeah, it would make sense. Because I know how to play the It would have to be exactly now. the same, though, David. That's the problem. Yeah, I would you like to go back up. to episode 234, The Only Way Out is In, and unwatch the and core. And not watch the core, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Tony Sindelar is weeping one single tear right now somewhere. <laughs> No, he's just um, cursing all of us. I'd like to go back to the Summer Superhero Spectacular and not have Dr. Spoon <laughs> <laughs> Let's take that a step further, Jim. Let's just undo all of that. <laughs> yeah, that was, that, was not my, that was not my favorite episode, only because it was my fault. I thought we were going to seriously, like, pick. I, 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 I was, we were, it was pitched to me as, you're, it's like you're, the, you're, 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 a, you're, a, you're an attorney, yep. you're in a court of law, you're defending your pick. Yep. And so, I, I made I made what I thought were really good Perry Mason style arguments mm-hmm. for everyone that I was assigned, only to find out that well, there's both an L and an R in her name, so she loses. <laughs> what? I, I I went I actually read Justice like eighteen cruel, different man. books. To- yes. The biggest problem <laughs> yeah. with the incomparable judicial system is you never know what judge you're going to get. <laughs> That's I right. thought the judging in those episodes was entirely fair and loose. I would like to go back and not screw up my Spider-Man defense, if that's possible. Oh, yeah. Thank you. Bye. I would like to go back to do episode 16, If You Love an Autobot, Set It Free, which was about beloved Christmas gifts, which I was not on, uh, because the episodes where we ruin Christmas are my favorites. And though I have not actually listened to that episode, I'm fairly certain that without my presence, Christmas was not ruined as effectively as it could be that year. I think that's accurate, although that's a really great episode because it tell, Dan tells the saddest story of all, which is how he lost his Transformer. (laughs) Uh, Perhaps I should tell it again. (laughs) Uh, If I may be serious for a moment with regards to this question, uh, I would say that I would be interested in uh, TV draft or film festival The Next Generation, mm. where some Ooh. other people get the opportunity to take a take a swing at those, because I think those are both very interesting episodes and produce good content. And uh, there's a lot of new people on board, and I think it would be interesting oh, to yeah. hear how they approach the same sort of thing. Actually, that's a, that's a really cool idea. See? We get ideas here. It's not just a... Ideas. Remember, we got them. We got them. We got some ideas. 
All right. Uh, thank you to listener Nathan for that. Um, I, I, I'm not sure. I think that might be famous li- listener Nathan. Who chart Nathan, right? Charts things involving Skeletor, actually, because it all comes back cool. to that in the end. <laughs> well, you, I wish Nathan. you'd mentioned that oh. before I actually spent time answering that question. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> Obviously unhinged, that one. Someone should let him know that we mentioned we mentioned Skeletor in this episode. <laughs> Don't encourage oh, no. listener Nathan because it is that that listener Nathan. Um, here is one of uh, actually it's going to be several questions from listener Dan, not Dan Moore. Oh, listener Dan, here here he is. <laughs> what is it like to suggest a topic for an episode and then not end up on the panel for that episode's recording? <laughs> Do you end up shouting your opinions into the air while doing your dishes or working in the yard? Uh, Because if the answer is yes, then you know exactly how we listeners feel on a regular basis. Uh, That is the second definition of glanning, by the way, that you you suggest an episode and then you're not on that episode. Incidentally, that guy does a really great Lex Friedman impression. (laughs) Are we sure it's not really Lex? He's using Lex Friedman. He says it's listener Dan. I don't think Lex would lie about it. It is listener Dan. No, Lex would never pose as a Dan. That would be too too ridiculous. (laughs) It's beneath him. So has anybody experienced that other than Glenn, the idea of like, hey, I've got a great idea for an episode. (laughs) Joe Steele, he's just not here. Wait a minute. There have been episodes I've really wanted to be on that I then couldn't be on, and I find yeah. myself yelling at those because it's, it's it's almost like trying to get it's like those those limited edition posters where they they tweet out the link and then in 28 seconds they're all gone. It's like I'll, I'll check my email. Oh look, Jason just posted a new episode of 12 minutes ago. I'd really like to do that. Oh, there are already 11 people signed up. Okay. <laughs> For me, it was usually I would just I would just knock myself out of the running, be like I don't I don't have enough to say about that topic, so I won't be on it. And then I find myself washing the dishes and yelling at my iPod See? I'm like why was I not on just there? like listener Dan uh, yep mm-hmm. exactly the, it was a bad day for us in the Sutterth household when Shannon got on the Batman v- Adventures episode and I didn't and uh, <laughs> Tony Sindelar how could you choose that episode uh, that's great. how many second level Glennings have there been I know the TV draft was was a Glenning Joe Rosensteel did how many he's he's done that once or twice he, well he suggested rocket surgery and then wasn't on the first First one or the second one, but all that. But I know it's happened with Glenn at least twice where he announced like he was like, hey, I've got this crazy idea for an episode, but I think it could work. And we set it up and then he's like, I can't go. I can't go. I came up with the idea of drafts, and then I wasn't on the first draft, right? <laughs> no, you did not invent drafts. Yes, Glenn, Glenn invented drafts. <laughs> Good try, though, no, Glenn. No, that's some serious Glenning. But Glenn went to college the with the guy the uncle of the, uh, yeah, yeah. the dog sitter of the <laughs> yep. guy who invented drafts. I know Weeb Buffalo. Oh, well. That's, uh, anyway, yeah. Weeb, it, Weeb Eubank, Glenn. Weeb, Weeb Eubank. Eubank. I'll never Weeb forget it. Eubank. <laughs> Please commit it to memory. I did. That's how I. Fortunately, I don't have to remember that because that's not part of the incomparable. Anyway, here, here, this is a good one from listener Mark. Listener Mark, this is. I'm, I'm curious what all of you have to say about this idea. Hi everyone, this is Mark Siegel. I've been listening to the show since just before episode 100, and I'm a huge fan of the show and these kind of meta episodes. So I'm really happy to be a part of one. (laughs) Well, listen first. My question for a random (laughs) incomparable panelist is: If you could start a new show on the Incomparable Network. But you didn't actually have to do any of the work to make it happen. What would that Ooh. show be about? So, aha, Spats. see, I love that Ooh, twist there, no, which is a- all you have to do. So to, to go back to the second definition of glenning, you get to have an idea and then everybody else has to do it and you don't. <laughs> wait, wait. I actually know Mark Siegel, too. So just to be mm-hmm. get us on the number one. Definition. Sure, I'm sure you do. <laughs> Crazy you do. Uh, my intro would be a podcast called Building Character with Monty Ashley, where we have a different guest each week. 
and we build a character in a different RPG system. So some weeks you just hear a lot of rolling dice and we say, well, looks like your superhero has prehensile <laughs> hair and the ability to travel between dimensions. Mm-hmm. That would be the uh, Marvel superheroes game using the Ultimate Powers book. It's great. And then other times it would take four hours because we'd be playing champions and we'd have to spend forever figuring out <laughs> where to spend each tiny amount of points in every stat. I, I kind of want to listen to this show now, Monty. <laughs> oh, me yeah. too. That's like, that's like a real idea. I've got all the concept. I just don't want to do it. Yeah. See, that's it. <laughs> yeah. That's it. Exactly. Also, Podcast 60 on the Podcast Strip. My episode my episode crawl through Studio 60 on the Sunset Strip. <laughs> no Short live podcast. <laughs> my, mine would be, I just want a weekly podcast that is called What the Hell is Going On with Marvel, and then a then a companion podcast, What the Hell is Going On with DC, where it doesn't attempt to editorialize. It will just simply say, okay, uh, if you haven't been following Iron Man, uh, first of all, uh, he now has a dog. And the dog, actually, he doesn't know this, but it has the soul of a different Iron Man that existed in the 1800s from a different world. <laughs> this different world was created by a conglomeration of Reed Richards's in an early episode. I just want to be able to have a reference. So I, if I skip one week of Marvel or DC, I understand the convoluted an unfollowable story that's going hmm. on. I think Moises might be able to do that one for you. I actually want to show a lot like Andy's, except it's delivered like it's like the NPR news bulletin, except it's <laughs> about things that aren't real. Sa- same delivery. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Exactly. Meanwhile, in Wakanda, magically, everything has been restored to the way it was before <laughs> Namor flooded the mm-hmm. entire city. However, Black Panther is now Lord of the Dead. Let's turn to, to news in Metropolis, <laughs> That's right. where where Superman is now a jerk. <laughs> <laughs> any other uh, any other shows with no consequences that you'd like to? I just want a new TV podcast for every single show that oh. I am regularly watching, <laughs> and and I want to be on the episodes, but I don't want to do any of the work to schedule it or actually have to spend the time to record the podcast. I just want to be able to talk to somebody about whatever I happen to be yeah. watching. That is some good wishing because Jason had the exact same wish on the monkey's paw. He forgot to add, but I don't want to have to have to deal with any of the scheduling or any of the editing or anything. Yeah. Should have gotten that four fingered monkey's paw. Oh, it's coming right. really handy. I was going to say to listener Mark that that's that's my uh, that's my my issue is I have no idea what it would be like to have a podcast where you could just start a new show and didn't have to do the work because um, <laughs> that hasn't happened. Anyway, um, I'd, I'd I'd love to do one called Off the Rails. It would be a different length every time. And basically the goal of it is just to see how long it takes to reduce Jason to tears. Mm. <laughs> I think we're already doing that show. I think they get every shorter episode. every single episode. Yeah. That's a lot more work than it sounds like, too. That's true. How about incomparable interrupt us where it's just us interrupting each other? I don't know what you're talking about. Really, I don't know what you're talking about. I'm still all for, uh, I guess we call it pint cast or flight cast oh, or yeah, something. Oh, yeah, the beer basically. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, that's that's the one where uh, where a microbrewery somewhere in the country pays us. Well, no, they, they pay for our, uh, our plane <laughs> tickets. Yeah. Yeah. They pay this for plane tickets. Great. They set us up in their microbrewery with some beer, and we sit and we drink their beer, and we talk about maybe their beer. I don't know. Maybe not. Maybe we yeah. just talk about we'll, some crap. We'll bring, the, we'll bring the microphones. We got that covered. Oh, yeah. Yeah. No, yeah. We we'll bring got that the show. Going. You just pay for it. Yeah. I could learn to like beer for a show like that. <laughs> I am more than willing to do the work of drinking the beer and talking <laughs> while drunk. You're the real hero here. You do that well, already. already doing that. Yeah. It's the uh, the dealing with microbrewery owners to convince them to pay for a bunch of plane tickets for some idiots to come talk in their establishment. <laughs> That's more work than I'm willing to put out. The beer cast is is uh, 
is is definitely an idea. One day, one day somehow. So listeners, if you know somebody who owns a microbrewery <laughs> and has very bad marketing ideas, <laughs> or if you yourself own a microbrewery yeah. and have a lot of money, you like to throw away money on ill-conceived uh, marketing <laughs> concepts that will bring in no new uh, no new customers of any kind. I, I, I'm kind of intrigued by the idea of a sports podcast, but again, I am not going to do the work, so it's not going to happen. Yeah. It's quite simple. <laughs> it's just not going to happen. All of my ideas for podcasts are just convoluted means of getting free crap. So, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, that, that's that's what these are, right? That's what we're yeah. doing right now. No, yeah. I, I got to go. Loads of free swag coming your way, Dan. Yeah. <laughs> right around episode four hundred, that's when it should start flowing in. <laughs> Look under your couch. There's lots of crap. I know we I know we told you that after episode one hundred and after episode two hundred and any after day episode two hundred and fifty <laughs> and now here we are at three hundred and we're telling you again hold out for that free swag but seriously it's coming mm, it's going to be time for on. sure uh, regrets we've had a few and uh, listener Dan oh, listener is back Dan. with a question about about regrets <laughs> hey, Dan. wait is this the same listener Dan yes it is the same listener Dan oh my god <laughs> I said he has more than one question for us would you describe a time. When you volunteered for a panel with excitement, only to realize you'd committed to something far more painful than you ever expected. <laughs> Every and episode. Bonus points if your answer is about something other than the summer superhero spectacular. Son of a <laughs> Which, by the way, was a blast to listen to. I don't think I've ever heard as many panelists half in the bag in a single episode half i'll have you know philip michaels was entirely in the bag for that so thank you sir <laughs> I, I think this he sounds like a job interview question <laughs> please describe a time <laughs> i can describe it in one word uh, zardoz thank you. <laughs> thank you zardoz was great it was great to have you there erica <sighs> that's one where glenn had a really <sighs> bad idea and he sucked a bunch of people in but he actually like stuck a, it out I, I don't think that was the one time i had a bad idea steve <laughs> <laughs> well, actually, that really wasn't your idea, but then you're the one who roped in a bunch of extra people to watch Zardoz so they could <laughs> suffer with actually, us. Actually, now that I think about it, Zardoz might be my second-degree Lenny one, because I might have been one of the people pushing for it, that I wasn't on that oh, episode. Yeah. Thanks, Monty. There was that time I let all of you into my apartment. You're still hosing off the walls, right? Did, did you ever find that open jar of mayonnaise <laughs> I hit in your heating system? Or did you just like think it was something else? <laughs> you got to keep the, the leftover beer, Dan. I don't know what that's you know. true <laughs> you have no idea how much leftover beer is in my fridge dating back to what eon <laughs> oh dear oh dear i i would say actually for me the, the episodes that i regret are the ones where there's it where um there's a large amount of uh reading or viewing that we need to do because i i have that moment where i'm like oh i've got to watch two old movies to today because we have yeah. a podcast tomorrow <laughs> or i need to watch 10 episodes of batman the animated series <laughs> yep. or i need to play a 40-hour game that i don't really enjoy or i'm not going to bother watching yeah exactly <laughs> especially especially when oh. it's like oh wouldn't it be funny if we do the episode about a really bad movie that we all hate and then i find myself i gotta watch i gotta watch the two star trek movies i absolutely uh. can't stand I'm going to put in the Star Wars holiday special, which always sounds like more fun to watch than actually watching it. <laughs> oh, I disagree. Oh, uh, I, I love it, but you have to watch the Rift Tracks version. I, I, even then, that makes it bearable. I find it very hard Just. to watch that. Yeah. I enjoy it unironically oh. now. I know. That's how far gone I am. Yep. <laughs> well, ep episode 51 put me on uh, track to read the entire Newsfeed trilogy. Uh, <laughs> oh, yeah. I Mira regret. Grant. Yeah. <laughs> 
Yeah, that was not that. I've read the entire uh, Kane Reardon trilogy now for the Nebula Awards series, and it's like, uh, yeah, also regret that. I have some regrets about that. I do I have some regrets. Oh well, it happens. I know he said we couldn't mention the uh, the superhero spectacular, but I think he was referring to the panelists as opposed to the judges. But <laughs> that's yes. Yeah, see, I I was smart and stayed out of the panelists. Right around round six hundred, when I suddenly realized that I was not actually going to be able to sort of. Uh, supplement Phil Michael's very well-reasoned judgments by saying some stupid <laughs> crap, but in fact would have to hold up the reasonable side yeah, of the it's, equation. It's yeah. weird to be the responsible one, isn't it, Steve? <laughs> yep. I don't like it. Congratulations, you're oh. at it. I don't know why you guys do it. I'm the only person on uh, who was not on the summer superhero spectacular. I was on Codeine, so I feel like, <laughs> I, feel like I got it late. Much like the judges. And a judge, yeah. Well, and you, you and I were judges for one, yep. and that was that was fine i still think I, I still think the codeine was a wise decision mm, oh yes. yes oh and, god yes and consistent with all the other judges so <laughs> I, I i recall jason like yeah pinging me like on on slack or something oh but we're doing the next one do you want to do this and i had i wrote him like a three paragraph email saying i think you got grumpy andy on that one because <laughs> and I, 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 I try i try to keep grumpy andy away from the microphone because i i remember i remember saying something that i regretted like 50 minutes in after i realized that my page but my my my, my my eight my eighteen uh, eight by ten colored glossy photographs with the circles and arrows and the paragraph <laughs> on each one were going to be of no use to me whatsoever. Mm-hmm. I just I just like I again grumpy Andy decided to say cheerful Andy constructive Andy take five yeah. I've, I've I've got control so I said maybe maybe I should maybe I should stay home. Well, the life of a judge is not as glamorous <laughs> as you would think either. So. I, I insist that Phil and Lisa be on pretty much all those episodes or most of those episodes specifically because it was their idea to start with. And so I felt like they, they, they owed uh, me. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So that was Phil and Lisa ruined the podcast. Yeah, we've got one more, uh, one more question about sort of like topics of uh, topics of the show. And this is from uh, listener Marcos. Here it is. Oh, listener Marcos. <laughs> Hello, Incomparable. This is listener Marcos. I was a guest on Random Trek some months ago. And I think on that broadcast, I mentioned that I don't really like Star Trek First Contact as much as most people do. And since I like to sow chaos and discord amongst geeks, what I would like (laughs) to ask you is this. What are some contrarian stances you have on uh, geeky, nerdy topics? This could be a show that you love that everyone else hates, a show that you hate that everyone else loves, a particular beloved movie that you don't like, um, anything you like. So uh, go forth and make each other mad. <laughs> Marcos, I, might we rec- might we commend to you the unjustly maligned podcast? Yeah. Um. <laughs> At the end of episode 300, all of the incomparable panelists tore each other apart. There were no more episodes. Yeah, that's all part of Marcos's <laughs> evil plan. We are Sparta. Oh, I'll start this one and say that, you know, I know everybody thinks that Blade Runner is this great thing. I think it's really, really boring and almost impossible for me to watch. So I'll put that one out there. Yep. You took oh, my man. answer. I'm already on record about the Avengers movie. I believe it is yes, a, trans- like the trans- say. a Transformer series. It makes a lot of money, but not very good movies. Episode, uh, yes, the Avengers uh, episodes are available if you'd like to hear more and subscribe to Andy's <laughs> newsletter. <laughs> I don't like Star Trek or Doctor Who. Ah, I do not hate the Star Wars prequels. Wow. I didn't say I love them, but I do not hate them, and that in itself is contrarian. I like episode one, so there, there's that. Yeah. And I like I like doing the movie and don't like the book. Uh, yes, <laughs> twins. Whoa. Whoa. I'm there with you. Whoa. Watch out. I, I think Firefly is stupid. Oh, no. <laughs> oh, oh, oh. Wow. I think podcasts are a waste of weight. <laughs> 
waiting for somebody to say they really liked the summer superhero spectacular. Just a shock. <laughs> I keep saying that. Well, it was my singing mm-hmm. debut. I liked the summer superhero spectacular. I liked it. I liked it. I liked it. Oh, Monty. <laughs> Hamilton's only okay, guys. Sorry. <laughs> oh, yeah. I'm not even going to go so far die, as to say it's Dan, okay. Die, Dan, die. <laughs> Just like Aaron Burr. Yeah. Any, any, any other horrible things you'd like to say before we move on? Things that you, or, or things that, yeah, you, you, you feel I like you're Farscape. a dis- You hate Farscape. I, <laughs> couldn't get through more than four episodes of it, Eric. I'm with there, there with you. Yay! I, I, I think the quote-unquote good episodes of Twin Peaks aren't all that either. Oh. They're I'm okay. They're fine. They're just not, you know, it's like everyone goes, ooh, Twin Peaks. Well, that's, like, not, that's not much of a bold eh. statement. I think Twin Peaks is only fine. Oh, yeah. outrage. <laughs> what? Only you, fine. You take that back. I, uh, I like the okay. Highlander TV series. I watched it all. Wow. I don't know if that's uh, I don't know if that's that controversial though. No one watched we, it, so we knew that. We knew that about <laughs> it. the first season. I think ET is a pretty good game. <laughs> I love ET. Wow. I just played it again last night. I think ET is a terrible movie. Get the. Oh, oh, I could go along with that. This is, okay, this is getting real, guys. Stop doing what Marcos tells you. <laughs> You're tearing us apart. I was Marcos a is ruining boy, us. I walked out of the theater to go play Ms. Pac-Man oh, for ten minutes. Is how I hate it when mommy and daddy and daddy and daddy and daddy and daddy. <laughs> and Marcos, what have you done? I think spending <laughs> hours and days and weeks of your life obsessing about every little detail of some sort of fan property. Yeah. Kind of a waste of time. All right. <laughs> and on that note, I'm going to move on to a couple of personal questions that we got, even though I specifically said no personal questions. And what? as punishment, I will not tell you my address. As punishment, I'm, I'm not going to punish God. them. I'm going to play their personal questions. So here is number one. This is listener. <laughs> this is listener Ryan. Oh, listener Ryan. <laughs> Erica Ensign has one of the best Twitter handles ever. Holly Go Darkly. Erica. How did you think up this handle, and does it have any significance beyond great wordplay? Uh, Holly Go Darkly is a sort of a takeoff on the character name Holly Go Lightly sure. from a movie which was one of my favorites at the time I came up with it, uh, <laughs> Breakfast at Tiffany's. It was actually a friend of mine who came up with it. I was trying to think of a handle for something or other, and she just looked at me and she's like, don't take this the wrong way. I mean it respectfully, but... Holly Go Darkly, because I actually had a picture of Holly Go Lightly on the wall uh, in my apartment at the time. So it's been that ever since. It's that simple. Is this friend of yours named Tiffany? And this discussion happened over breakfast? Because that would be really weird. <laughs> it, it was brunch. That, that would have been perfect. Yeah. It was George Papard. <laughs> Huh? <laughs> it hard. He right. loves it when a plan comes together. He loves it when a good handle comes together. Here's a personal question for Steve Lutz. Uh-oh. What? Oh, oh no. God. Hey. The answer is cabbage. To Steve Lutz. Steve, without going down the whole recursive clip loop thing again, what was the history behind the Skeletor pick in the TV show draft? Just maximum randomness? Or are you a closet longtime Masters of the Universe fan? If the latter, when can we expect the rocket surgery episode of the 1987 live-action classic Masters of the Universe film, reviewed by the New York Times as, if you like the toy, you'll love the movie? Rock on, dude. That is Lister Etienne, of course. I oh, should have had Lister Etienne. The best accent yeah. in the world. Yes. It's a pretty good one. Um, I think we've discussed this before, but I was involved in some uh, some early Mattel toy commercials for 
the He-Man and the Masters of the Universe series of action figures. I think I was on the first uh, commercial featuring Skeletor, and so I have some background with the uh, the hooded skeleton, as some refer to yes. him in a generic fashion. Yes. It's a hooded yellow skeleton. I don't know what you're talking but about. But really, when I, was, when I was coming up with stuff to put down for that draft, I was not taking it extremely seriously, and I just <laughs> sat no. down... With a beer and a pencil, and I said, what are the, the stupidest possible things I could draft in this draft? And I wrote down a bunch of names, Good and job. Skeletor was on the top of the list. So, and the rest uh, is history. The rest is history, yeah. Uh, if you want to listen to bonus track 122B, that, is, uh, that, that contains Steve explaining a little bit about his origin uh, Look at you working, with the history. Working with Skeletor. That's some glenning right there. Uh, and as for the movie, which I have not actually seen, I'm certain that will turn up at some point on it, Rocket Surgery. It oh, seems yeah. inevitable, yes. right? I really hope so. It seems inevitable. But, oh, and as for uh, as my enjoyment of the toy line, I was never, let's go back to that last question, Masters of the Universe, never really fond of it. Mm. <gasps> <gasps> Gasp. Pe- people in commercials don't love the products that they're talking about. <laughs> I thought the name He-Man was dumb. I don't know, Scott. That so, that's so terrifies me, I'm going to toss and turn on my Casper mattress tonight. I'll tell you that. <laughs> the best night of sleep you'll ever get. Man, I could barely spit in a tube after hearing that. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> this is a message from a listener who's kind of obscure, and you may never have heard of him before. It's listener Joe. Listener Joe. Huh. Hello, Joe Rosen still here. Uh, there have been many, many episodes of The Incomparable about many, many topics, but what is the one topic you wish you could talk about on The Incomparable that you don't think you could put together a panel for, either because you haven't been able to in the past or because you're afraid of even proposing the idea? And I'm going to follow that up uh, with a That's not his real That's not his real not name. Not his real name. Uh, uh, with <laughs> this from listener Gary, which, oh, is, listener which Gary. is similar, so Ooh. we'll listen to this one. Ahoy, Incomparable. Listener yeah. Gary here. Ahoy, Just Gary. one simple question. <laughs> what topic do you wish you had covered at this point? So putting that together, we're going to do a round, another little dra- mini draft round of a topic, a topic uh, you can talk about, a topic you'd like to do, a topic that you feel we just can't do, but I'm going to go around and ask everybody for a, a topic. Perhaps this will be another way for us to plan future episodes of The Incomparable. And yes, that means I'm, you're doing my work for me. Thank you. In advance, Chip Sutterth, do you have a topic that you think we should do? I, I I love this thing. I love it so much. It ought to be on the mothership, even though it'll probably it probably deserves to be on the cartoon cast. The nineteen eighties Disney animated series Gargoyles. Yes. Oh yeah, nineties Ni- chip nineties. Oh, you're right. Nineties nineties. God, I'm old. all right. Never mind. Oh, well, it's ruined. Yeah, Gargoyles. <laughs> Forget it. This podcast is over. Well, Glenn and Dan are on that panel with you. So I'm I'm with you, Chip. Right there. Love I own the show. entire thing. It's great. It is the it is the most obscure Disney cartoon of them all because it is a serious balls to the wall superhero story with Star with Trek Gargoyles. voices. Yes, are, are these? Is this like a spinoff from uh, the the Family Matters? Yeah, that's what I'm thinking. Chip and Dale rescue exactly right. dinosaurs. Mork and Mindy. DuckTales. It's, it's when Steve Urkel turned himself into a gargoyle, yeah. or a set of gargoyles it's, that were superheroes. Uh, I think it's one of those underrated uh, cartoons of all time. Hunchback of Notre Dame is what I'm going for. Was this oh. a spinoff of that? No. No? No. no. It, it, it is no spinoff. It is, it is, is totally uh, it is a, uh, an, an adventure series that was part of the Disney afternoon, so it just had no business being there. It was show run by Greg Wiseman, who went on to do uh, Spectacular Spider-Man and Young Justice. Young Justice and uh, Rebels, some of Rebels. Yeah, for season, yeah, I think. Yeah. Um, seri- serious storytelling, um, real drama. It's hard to believe that uh, it 
didn't last beyond its uh, 65 episode run. We're not going to talk about the ABC uh, <laughs> no, no, series. No. <laughs> stupid. It was, it was fantastic. I'm told I'm there. You, you pull that panel together. I'm on it. We should do a Batman animated series approach where we pick a handful of episodes yeah. and watch those. Yeah, I would, I would be in for that too. Cause I liked, I liked Gargoyles, but I didn't watch the whole thing. So I, I don't remember it that well. Hard to believe that I'd be into serial, uh, serial storytelling fiction with a beginning, middle and an end in a series. Hard to believe. <laughs> yeah. Dan, uh, do you have a topic that you think we should do or, or, uh, or otherwise you dream about us uh, doing in a future episode? Uh, well, uh, Chip mentioned a good one, Gargoyles, and I already mentioned <laughs> the Supernatural episode that will never happen. Um, but the thing that's been, I, I think I mentioned recently, too, that we bandied around way back in one of the early episodes is, at some point, we probably should do a Dark Tower episode. And if not only because it Woo-hoo. seems like they are actually making a film, mm-hmm. finally, after years and years <laughs> of, of hesitant stops and starts, um, I'm a little daunted by that prospect because it's now been a decade since I finished the series and I worry that I'm going to have to go back and read all of it all over again. And as much as I enjoyed it, I just, it's like, it's like the idea of like climbing a mountain all over again. It's like, oh man, I felt such great accomplishment when I reached the top of that mountain. But I, the idea of going back and doing it all over again is, is a little bit terrifying. That's sold. I'm going to go read the dark tower. (laughs) If you read the dark tower, don't you have to read every single one of his books? Yes, that's what I'm kind trying of. to do. I'm eight books into the grand plan. Oh, my. Which is like three <laughs> books into the Dark Tower series. Oh, boy. The turn is uh, all full of things like, all right, now go read these three other 800-page books, and then come back. Yeah, but read the Talisman and the background character. Yeah, I'm not going to mm-hmm. do all that. <laughs> but... I think, I, I mean, maybe this goes down into uh, uh, shows that we want to produce but don't actually want to do, do the work, work yeah, for. Sure. <laughs> Fair enough. But it's, it's on the it's list. Big. It's it, on the to-do list. It's big and seminal. We should talk about yeah, it. Yeah, I think so. It's on the to-do list, but you might have to host it, Dan. So be, be just think about it. Oh, that. dear God. I, I got your back. I'm, I'm there for you, Dan. No, thank Scott, you. Scott, uh, do you have a topic that you think we should cover that we haven't covered? Uh, yeah, I think we talked about this a couple of times, and hopefully we haven't actually done an episode about it, and I've blanked out. Uh, but Ian M. Banks' uh, The Culture series, uh, which is a 10-book uh, non-chronological thing that he wrote, uh, I think deserves attention. Uh, it's uh, one of my favorite series, uh, and I think it's a great space opera, and it has wonderful things about it, and we should talk about it. All right, that's good. I'll put that on the list too. The culture series. I've, I've read, read many. Of, I've read many of those. It's come up a couple of times of in some of yeah. our other. I think I've read one of them episodes. Yeah, I've read. I've read a couple of them. You at haven't least. read enough. Not enough. I'm read. <laughs> I love the name. I don't, all I know about culture is the great names of the ships. Yes, which uh, Elon Musk has borrowed. I believe. All the yeah, all the funny drone ships in the uh, for SpaceX are all like uh, culture ship names. Erica, do you have a topic for us for the future? Um, I don't know if it's one that we actually need to do, but it's one that I want to do. I I have sort of made it my unofficial goal in life to talk about the movie Labyrinth on as many podcasts as possible. <laughs> <laughs> and I have I've spoken about it briefly in in many little places where I can sort of shoehorn it in, but the only uh, the only one time that I got to talk about it at, at length on a podcast, I kind of got blackout drunk and didn't remember the end of the podcast. It would be nice to be on a podcast and actually, you know, have all of my faculties throughout mm. the whole thing too. Uh, Cause I have many thoughts about that film. It's funny. You use the phrase shoehorn it in with reference to that movie, because the only thing I remember about it is Bowie's pants. <laughs> <laughs> well, I'm not going to lie. That's a highlight, but that's not the only highlight. <laughs> you know, I went to college with Jennifer out. Connelly, but uh, oh, sorry. 
some, just some glenning there. Of course you did. Steve, tell, yeah, did. tell me, what's a topic we should, uh, we should cover? Uh, well, I've long ago given up the idea that we might talk about horror movies on this because people just can't hack it. Although, although I do want to do Scary Old Movie Club this year because the old movies you guys can probably deal with. Sure. Because there's not a lot of blood. We might have mined Christmas out. We could move over to Halloween. Hmm. Sure. We could, do, we could do our own Shocktoberfest. Sure. That would be exciting. Uh, but what I, what I think I think would be I, I think I brought this up once as like a joke just to bait poor Tony Sindelar. But I, <laughs> the more I think about it, the more I think it would be a pretty good episode. I think doing a sports fandom episode from a geeky perspective would actually be really interesting. Yeah. And if your first thought like mine is that would alienate 90 percent of our listeners, mm-hmm. I think that's part of the point. Yeah. I mean, it shouldn't. It's just something else to geek out about. And, you know, I know a lot of geeks who are big sports fans, and I know others who think that's somehow repulsive in some way. <laughs> and it, it shouldn't really be a divisive thing. So I think it could serve both as like a discussion of why sports appeal to us as geeks and as people just in general. And, and also maybe as, you know, a means to bridge the gap mm. between sports geeks and, uh, and other types. I like that idea. I would. Uh, I would not be on this episode. No, by the of way, course not. I. I watch. I watch sports so I can drink beer during the day. Yeah, exactly. Second <laughs> definition of living, more or less. Steve, you don't have to do that. Yeah, Glenn, I have Maybe. to ask, and I'm afraid of what the answer is going to be. But is there a topic we should cover? It's not in German. Oh, um, oh I lost it's that. Bigger, bet. Than, a bread bo- bigger than a bread box. No, I'd love to talk about. Uh, well, I got two. I should pick one. Should be. Yeah, white. you should pick uh, one. I, um, the one that's uh, Lathe of Heaven is one of uh, I think was an influential uh, PBS movie. It was like, I think the only movie they funded or something uh, 20, 30 years ago. And I was, was a teenager and I saw this thing and I'd already read Ursula uh, K. Le Guin and a bunch of, uh, of her work. Um, but I was really blown away by the adaptation. And uh, then they made one uh, several years ago. They made a somewhat worse version. Um, the, er- the first one wasn't uh, the PBS one wasn't re-released for a long time because of music clearance rights. It had a Beatles song in it and they did not actually uh, among other things, they didn't do the the clearance, right? So they, they did it just to show it on TV because what would you ever do with it again? And um, there's the book, uh, the two adaptations, and it's just a really – I find it very interesting, but I don't think anybody else in The Incomparable finds Lathe of Heaven interesting enough as a concept or has my kind of connection with it. Boy, you had me at PBS, it. Glenn. <laughs> yes, I, <know. laughs> I like The Lathe of Heaven. Yeah. I've read it several oh, times. Oh. I've just never seen the movie. The movies – there's two movies. They're very interesting. Uh and uh, there's also the broader topic would be like Ursula K. Le Guin. I wanted to do a James Tiptree Jr. episode at one point, too. Um, there's a bunch of authors, uh, female authors from that period who uh, had a huge impact on the future of sci-fi. And maybe that would be a better broader topic. I don't know. I don't like to, to pigeonhole now because I like us to do stuff that's more um, integrative. And I think I don't want to say, oh, let's do a female authors episode. But uh, there are people who I think we never really talked about directly. And um, Anyway, that's just that's why that won't happen. Okay, I, I'm going to put it on the list. It might happen. You never know. <laughs> Andy, do you have a topic for us? Yeah, um, the mention of PBS suddenly made me change my <laughs> change my idea because <laughs> the PG Woodhouse podcast that has to be a series. Oh, yeah. We'd have to have like an episode on Smith. We have to do a Jeeves mm. episode. We have to do a Mr. Moliner episode, an Elmsworth Castle mm. episode. So if, if it's <laughs> one episode, if, if stories. Yeah, exactly. The oldest member. Uh, Okay, I, I think we've got a, we've got a new podcast. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Yeah. I take, I, but I, who's going to do the work to get back to listener Mark's question? That's the, that's the, real, the real trick. Well, you're, get, you're getting most of the t-shirt revenues, mm-hmm. Jason. I think that you That's not true. Uh, he's rolling in the dollars. <laughs> <laughs> t-shirt money. Man, the sweet t-shirt you're, money. You're, let me tell you. You're, you're one of them silkscreen. Mm. Silkscreen moguls. Yeah. 
Yeah. <laughs> Scrooge McDuck style pile of gold in his basement. Did, yeah. <laughs> it's actually just pile of t-shirts. Lined with t-shirts. Yeah, t-shirts. <laughs> it's easier to swim through in real life, though. Mm-hmm. Yeah. 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 Uh, so, so is that PG Woodhouse? Is that your answer? I was, if, if we can do if we can do a series, PG Woodhouse, if, we, if it's only one episode, are you being served? All right. Uh, Monty. Um, well, I was going to say musical theater, but I don't think that's actually geeky enough to be incomparable. So what? What? No, what? what? It really is, Monty. We it need really to do is. a musical theater. I thought we had that planned already. Are we going to do a musical yeah. theater episode? No, I already want to beat up all the panelists. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> Nerds. Boom. I guess it is geeky. Nerds. Enough. We're going to have to workshop that podcast in New Haven first. <laughs> <laughs> my official answer for this question is Robert Heinlein. Ha! Because... He is a big, important science fiction author mm-hmm. with a lot of work, mm-hmm. who's very problematic in a lot of ways, <laughs> and very complicated and interesting in other ways. Yeah. So I'm certain an hour of interesting discussion could be had. I agree. But the converse, conversation might be too interesting to broadcast. It <laughs> <laughs> hasn't happened to us yet, so wow. we've never been that interesting. So with 300 episodes down. How many quote marks are on interesting, Monty? Mm. Like 10? <laughs> I mean, sense. legitimately, unironically interesting. Yeah. No, do you mean interesting, like problematic, like we couldn't air it because we might talk about it so seriously that we would get in trouble? Well, a podcast is on the internet, yes. and one of the rules <laughs> of the internet is that any discussion of Robert Heinlein degenerates very quickly. Ah, okay. Yeah, <laughs> that's true. Mm-hmm. Uh, well, that rule from Usenet. David, do you have a topic? Uh, well, thinking about things that I would be afraid that I couldn't get a panel for, I don't think there is anything. Because, I mean, uh, we have done a Broadway musical episode. We've done Hamilton already. That's been on the show. Who would have thought that, you know, 300 episodes ago? So, you know, I I think we could probably make anything nerdy enough. Uh, As for something I would love to do, um, and I think it is still on the list. I've I've mentioned it before. uh, The Prisoner. Yes. Is only 17 episodes and one graphic novel sequel. Um, and a song by Iron Maiden. And a song by Iron Maiden. <laughs> and, uh, a and a really, series, really bad And AMC a really weird remake. Apple II game by Edgeware. Hmm. See? <laughs> it's right, it writes itself, really. Yeah. I, I designed a um, version of the font in college also. So there's and seriously, Albertus. there you go. Albertus, and you go. Uh, I mean, maybe an episode on Astro City, which is one of my all-time yes! favorite comic books. Okay. It's just such a, a it's a lovely sort of meta reality around superheroes and mm-hmm. how they interact in the real world. And uh, I'd rather read that than Batman or Superman or any of the other things. Fair enough. So, Micronauts? Even Micronauts. Oh, As wow. much as I love Micronauts. <laughs> but, you know, I fell yeah. in love with Micronauts when I was six. We'll so. have John Syracuse review the Micronauts comic still. books for me. Just to ruin more things <laughs> that I like. <laughs> Don't now, was it. Rama Micronaut, or is it just part no, of the license? No, same, same writer um, converted both of those toys into comics, but but uh, not related. Ah. Uh, for my choice, I'm going to actually say um, James Cameron's uh, movie, The Abyss, which is actually a favorite of mine. The, oh. and, the uh, like special it. edition that has the good ending. Um, yeah. I, and, it's <laughs> going, and all the human stuff. It's going yeah. to, you mean the one that has an ending? Uh, yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> an ending. Yes. And I've seen, I've seen it. I saw it in, I think, 70 millimeter when they restored it and did the special edition in the movie theater. It was beautiful. Um, not available in high definition, except there's a version like that runs on cable sometimes, but it's not the special edition. It's the original edition. And that's 
a waste of time. So that's on my dream list, but I'm not going to do it until they finally release a proper, you know, HD widely available version of, of the special edition of that, of that film. But I, I love that movie a lot and I would love to do an episode about it. And I have held back because they, you know, I, James Cameron is too busy plotting avatar sequels, I guess, <laughs> to release this excellent movie that he made in like 1990. So the uh, and the making of <clears throat> the making of documentary that was on the special edition uh, DVD yeah. was also super awesome. This this is how much I love the Abyss. My wife and I have wedding rings that are based on the wedding rings in the movie. Yeah, <laughs> and <Whoa>. the novelization <laughs> wow. is the only Orson Scott card novel that I have finished. Ah. Me too. What was was your right hand like colored dyed blue? Yeah, I was going to say, do you stick it in the toilet sometimes <laughs> just to remind yourself? No, but I did get it trapped in a door to to like wedge it. Marriage is like um, getting your hand trapped in a door <laughs> in a rapidly flooding compartment. Mm-hmm. Screaming for someone to let you out, let you out, for God's sakes, this is a horrible mistake, let me out. <laughs> yeah, our, our vows were wild. <laughs> We've got some more, uh, these are kind of like quick questions from from listeners, just sort of general, if you've got answers, I would love to hear them. This is uh, this is uh, listener Tobias. Oh, listener Tobias. <laughs> Hi, I'm Toby from Germany. Uh, not from Zeppelinheim, though, sorry to disappoint oh. you. <laughs> oh. First of all... Congratulations to 300 episodes. You guys in the Incomparable Network give me so much joy and so many irritated glances by other people like no other podcast. <laughs> That's Thank us. You I get that. that all by myself. Through your podcast and uh, through some of your Goodread profiles, I have found a lot of entertaining, funny, exciting, beautiful books. So my question for you is, how do you find those great books? Is there another secret podcast network that recommends them to you? <laughs> All the best for your next 300 episodes. Bye. He knows about the secret network. We must destroy Germany. Shut this down. Stop, Glenn, can you tell me what that guy just said? Yeah, ich werde seine Frage auf Deutsch antworten, weil er So my answer is that I I read what Scott tells me, but what I want to know is how does Scott find books to read? I read what Jason tells no! me. No! 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 I read what Skeletor tells me. <laughs> I was going to say it's the recursive book recommendations. That's right. I, I wish it was a more interesting answer, but it's really not. Uh, I go to a lot of bookstores and I look at a little, lot of books and I read the yeah. ones that I think are interesting. Yeah. What is this bookstore you're talking pretty, about? Pretty much Weird. what I do. It's, it's, it's yeah. a store with books in it. And, and like so many busy people, I listen to, I, I read what The Incomparable tells yeah. me. Yeah, I, I let Scott draft me I, in the sense that I just ride in his wake and I read what he tells me to read. <laughs> I see. It's great. It works out very Not well. like a draft where he picks you because nobody picks Glenn exactly. in the draft. Oh. 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 I just go to a lot of conventions and meet authors and then I read their books and usually they <laughs> and turn out to be good. good. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, so far, awkward. I've been lucky. At some point, I'm gonna ha- I'm gonna meet somebody and I'm I'm gonna read their book and then never want to see them again. But so far, <laughs> so good. Do you make a point of reading their book like by them? <laughs> no. Uh, oh, go. Hmm. We've covered this, Steve. Yeah. I do not do that. All right. Don't read Just wondering if that had changed. Sometimes I end up reading books that's that Scott recommends, but many months later. But most of the time, honestly, uh, kind of like Erica, I follow a lot of other writers on Twitter. And I often end up reading stuff that they're talking about, which is not always stuff that they themselves have written. But it is, uh, yeah, they talk about books a lot. Weird. Strange writers. writers. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. They're, they're in it for uh, for big book 
They're just uh, yeah, it's a scam. It's a book, book pyramid scam. You build no, you, you build can't fit a pyramid out of books. You build a pyramid out of books, Stan. Yep, there you go. That's what I said. Yeah, much of a scheme. It all works out. It's all works. Yeah. I just read books off my giant pile of books to read, which keeps getting bigger because I buy more Somewhat, books than I read. Someone at night keeps adding them into Monty's pile. Oh, oh, Steve, Steve, tell us how you find books. I can't read, oh, so yeah. it doesn't make any. Oh, no. It makes no difference to me. They're delicious yeah, with a little mustard, yeah. Jason. Uh, here's a here's a question from listener Patrick. Hey guys, I'm Patrick. I'm from Germany. More Germans. Happy So here's my question. I've never seen a single episode of Doctor Who, yet, thanks to your podcast, I've listened to about 30 hours of audio commentary, <laughs> and now I think I've got a pretty good idea of what that show is all about. Amazing. You know, timey-wimey stuff, I think? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Anyway, uh-huh. what piece of pop culture do you only know about, thanks to the incomparable? Uh, that's the most German thing ever. Yeah. All right, it's safe, it's safe! <laughs> I want him to write, cast, and direct an episode of what he thinks Doctor Who is like. Yeah. <laughs> Based just on our description. Well, I was going to say, it's like that, that German film of Hamlet, where they translated the Shakespeare into German, and then when they released the movie in America, they translated the German instead of actually using That's the original. That's a good it's, episode it's news like that. I've already forgotten the question. What, what, it, it, <laughs> it's a piece of pop culture you only know about thanks to the incomparable, I guess. Is there some, probably a lot of comic uh, books, honestly. Hmm. Game of Thrones. Mm-hmm. Like I have no idea what's going on, but people were really angry last night. Really confused. Swear is not the incomparable. <laughs> Most of what I know about Star Trek movies and later Star Trek mm-hmm. series comes from people arguing about whether or not they're any good on the incomparable. Yeah, they are. <laughs> <laughs> I only know about robot cowboys getting their cardboard oil. Uh, I see the incomparable. Uh, Gene Autry's radio coming true. Career is uh, yeah, definitely all right. right. Uh, this is a, here's a really good one. This is another book-related one. Oh, finally, a really good one. Yeah. <laughs> Sorry, we apologize to Germany. They were all wonderful. Thank is this you, also everybody. From Germany? For that. Hi, this is Jason from South Carolina. Oh, listener Jason. As a listener to The Incomparable, I look to the panelists to discover new things that uh, might be interesting to read or watch or video games to play. And in these times of confusion... I was wondering where you turn to find new forms of entertainment. See, so he's broadened it now to all other forms of entertainment, things that Steve uh-huh. doesn't have to read, for example. I'm a little worried that we've heard from a listener, Jason, and a listener, Dan, and there might be actually be a shadow incomparable out there. <laughs> if there's a listener, Monty, their game is up. I get all my recommendations from the shadow yeah, incomparable. Yeah, that's where I get my advice from. Who knows what recommendations lie in the heart of the incomparable. But if, if, if there is, I think it's always hard. I, I honestly, I said this in our, in our first segment of episode 300, that um, so much of my life now is devoted to uh, reading, watching, playing things for the podcast. That, uh, that's my answer. Is if it's going to be on the podcast, then I will read it or watch it or play it. And that's pretty much almost everything now for me yeah same here this podcast or one of my other three or four or five Uh, i'm trying so hard now because the incomparable and other podcasts are basically feeding me what i should be reading i'm actually trying to take a step back and uh try to surprise myself and just pick up random stuff on the shelves now just to just to not be reading everything that everybody else is telling me to read oddly enough i'm getting a lot of my books through uh, google books public domain where I'll just be reading like a newspaper from like the 1890s and they'll reference they'll reference a book that like someone really liked and then I can now download that 
book of this entire, entirely alien world where a world much like our own, but in a bizarre sort of mirror dimension because it's the 1890s and they yeah. don't have phones or anything. Uh, and that's kind of most of my I, I buy a lot of new nonfiction, but most of my fiction, I have to admit, are like public domain books. I just came across on Google Books. Wow. I follow Chip around and just read whatever he reads. <laughs> <laughs> Reading over his shoulders? Yeah. Uh, sure. Yeah, let's say yes. Creepy, Dan. He's tall. I just keep reading and playing the same stuff over and over again. I spent all day today playing Dragon Age Inquisition for the third time. I want to understand how everyone has so much time to consume media. That's my non-listener question. Right. I, I fold time. Are my children interfering with my ability to consume media? Yep. Yes, yes, you should get yes. them out outside. You'll also, you also have more money for books. Easy decision. <laughs> <laughs> I don't actually consume anything new unless it's for the podcast, because there are a hundred plus years of things that I really should have watched by now that I have never gotten around to, or read, or played, or whatever the case may be. Hmm. And there's always something that I've meant to watch or read or whatever, you know, years ago, queued up. I have such a towering queue for all different types of media that, frankly, I'm happy when nobody rec recommends anything new to me because <laughs> I wouldn't have time for it anyway. Right. Here's a, uh, here's a book-related question. So get ready, Scott, from, uh, from a listener. Here <laughs> it is. I'm not ready. No. That's hurtful, Jason. Hello, incomparable panelists. I'm Kerri-Ann from Australia. I'm the only sci-fi fan in a book club and it's my turn to choose a book. Oh, no. Do you have any recommendations for what science fiction novel I can introduce the rest of the group to without scaring them off? Hmm. Tricky. Mm. So totally around. Snow Crash. Everybody would love Snow Crash. Oh, <laughs> Shut your mouth. Sneak in some Vonnegut uh, or Bradbury. Everybody loves that stuff. 2312. Oh! Why are we griefing the listeners? I was going to say Station Eleven because I feel like that uh, that, uh, that that that's like yeah. a, a science fictiony kind of book that I think people mm -hmm. who aren't into science fiction will have less of a problem with uh, because while it is not a suitable extrapolation of how an Armageddon scenario would actually go, <laughs> uh, uh, it makes Vonty so bad. It's very lyrical and 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 I thought it was pretty and uh, and a nice book anyway. Oh. It, it's it's beautifully I, written and it'll spark really good conversations. Yeah. I think. Mm -hmm. True. Is The Martian uh, a lame suggestion? Yes. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> no. That's not bad. Oh, Although the book club may be against books, you know, books where there's already been the movie. People have seen. They can cheat. Oh, that's true. That's true. That's true. I was going to suggest uh, Lock-In by John Scalzi because it happens in, you know, it's Ooh. science fiction. It happens in sort of the near future, but it's something that, you know, you can kind of picture picture having. It's not too many steps away and it's not, you know, spaceships and, and rockets and that kind of stuff. So that and it's a detective story. So if people are into detective stories, you know, you've got at least that mystery you can hang your hat on. Yeah, I was going to actually suggest something Scalzi as well, just because I feel like his writing style is generally very approachable and it's usually amusing so that's kind of a soft entry into the whole mm -hmm. sci-fi realm I, I i keep coming back to like uh books that are uh they they feel like i don't know i think they are uh respectable even though they're they're genre or they may like pretend not to be genre but they really are genre so like uh cavalier and clay by michael Chabon is um, a good one uh, cloud oh, atlas. Yeah, yeah. uh the cloud, cloud atlas, atlas uh, right and and golem and the genie oh, yeah, i read that 
The Golem and the Genie. Uh, the Golem and the Genie. Actually, yes. you know, you can just say, well, no, it's a historical book about a 19th century New York and not mention the Golem and the Genie. So hide the cover because <laughs> they're in the title. <laughs> it's a book called And. Yeah. <laughs> uh, the Night Circus. Oh, I yeah. Mm. Oh, yeah. I love good the one. Night Circus. Yeah. See? The City and the City. Yeah. You know what? Just give them Cryptonomicon. <laughs> Get <laughs> him over the head with it. It's a great story. Beg to stop. <laughs> well, I mean, Anathem at that point. Just go all the way. They'll never the do Hyperion series. Mm-hmm. <laughs> well, we can, we can have some good ideas in there, I think, and some some bad ideas, but that's okay. Some really bad ones. <laughs> Here's a question uh, that actually uh, dovetails from Glenn's non-listener uh, question. What earlier? Yeah. This is uh, our our good friend, listener Ian. Hey there, oh, folks. Sorry. Ian McKinnon here in the Isle of Lewis in Scotland. Uh, Where are I'm your sure trousers? Everybody else is going to congratulate you. I'll do it slightly differently. I'll do it in Scots Gaelic. <laughs> so, Mialver Neoch as Trikiat Podcasterin. You will realise that the Gaelic for podcast is podcast. Um, anyways, I've been involved in podcasting myself for a number of years now. And I just wondered with the incredible, prodigious output that you guys have on The Incomparable, not to mention, you know, all the sideshows and everything else that's going on. Have you managed to find the world's most understanding spouses slash significant others? (laughs) How do you manage the pod slash life balance? Pod life, baby. Uh, (laughs) Yeah, just come in here. Tell me soon i'm so so sorry and uh bring on the next 300 i see why not my wife doesn't like me i i don't have an answer to this yes the the, yes under very understanding Mm -hmm. yes Mm -hmm. Uh, my answer was to turn my wife into a podcaster brilliant yeah my spouse is a podcaster that first but uh i i overtook him so quickly with the number of podcasts (laughs) i record that he does sometimes sort of complain about being a podcast widower from time to Mm. time so i recommend buying your spouse a video game of their choice plopping them down on the couch and then walking out of the room there are there are tv shows that i've seeded to lauren i've said look i i don't have time to watch this and i know you like it so you know she's she watched all of justified without me so uh, you know justified's a great show right dan that's a great show. I haven't show. seen it. Fantastic show. I, was, I, I sacrificed that for the podcast. So it's stuff like that. Shane, go, go back and rewatch it. It's, it's, it holds up. My girlfriend works a lot of nights. Yeah, actually, Monty, Monty's kind of hit on it, I think, for me, too, which is since I have the benefit of the time zone here because we record late. Uh, and my girlfriend, when well, she also lives in a different city, so that <laughs> really makes it easy. <laughs> Niagara Falls um, area, Dan? <laughs> yeah, that worked for me for a while, too. <laughs> but um, at the same time, uh, you know, as someone who doesn't have to, you know, get up super early in the morning because they don't have a real job, uh, you know, having a significant other who does have a real job and often gets up at sometimes insane hours, especially like this morning when she flies out at like six o'clock in the morning. Um, yeah, it's pretty easy because they want to go to sleep early and I'm like, oh, I'll just be up for like an hour and they don't really know how long I'm mm-hmm. gone recording a podcast. Uh, yes, a good, a good relationship is built on a foundation Lies. Lies. Everyone in my house is asleep right now. Yep. And, uh, and then when, when we're recording at different times, uh, cause I have recorded during the day now. And they're very patient. They're like, oh, this is this is a cool thing. And I get to listen to everybody making fun of you. So, so yes, record the show. Um, <laughs> but, yeah, a very patient. And, and as for my wife, you know, for, for a long time, uh, she used to call herself a play widow because I would be off doing a show for like three weeks at a time, uh, every night for three weeks. Uh, whereas this, I'm in the house and I'm here, you know, I'm, I'm recording for like, what, 
two hours at night when everyone's not conscious. So that's fine. Scott, I'm not confused, but your wife is always cooking something to jar it, right? So she has she's very occupied. That's, that's incredibly sexist, Glenn. <laughs> yes, <it's terrible. laughs> I can't believe you would talk about jarring in 2016. So so it's it's canned. I'm going to be I'm going to be canned. I'm going to be canned. I know it. Uh, well, no, but uh, whenever I uh, my wife says, "Oh, Scott, are you doing a podcast tonight?" and when I usually say no, uh, she's uh, sad because she has to talk to me. <laughs> oh. So podcasts are keeping your uh, keeping your relationship strong, then exactly oh, strongly hatred pills. I find that the uh, the live stream is sometimes helpful too because uh, Stephen can just listen to the live stream while he's playing his hockey video game or whatever, and then it's like we're spending quality <laughs> time together. Do you think we I'm talking to you, honey? Yeah, <laughs> exactly. my uh, my wife teaches dance, and dance is often not taught during the day, but at night. And so she is out some nights of the week, and while she is out, my children also like Minecraft. So sometimes they get Minecraft and I uh, record podcasts. Yeah, I was going to add that for the... Uh, actually, my girlfriend is the first sounding board for all the inconceivable questions. So she gets to test them before I spring them on you unsuspecting folks and occasionally help work out problems that exist therein. Um, <laughs> yeah, so that's that's a handy feature, potentially, of, of having a significant other. And that's that's the other thing that's nice is that uh, my wife is so happy that I can like focus my nerdery and bad jokes on you guys... And she doesn't bear the brunt of it. Holy cow. My wife really appreciates that, too. Yeah. I have a feeling you've still got some left over after podcasting. <laughs> I, I got I to thank the listener because this might shed light into the fact that I've been alone all my life and I probably always will be. <laughs> <laughs> You've definitely given me something to Thanks, think Ian. about, listener. Oh, <laughs> you better off that way, Andy. This is, uh, this is the realest episode. Wherever he is. Think of all the time you have, though. We all die alone. Too, too real. Too real. <laughs> okay, this one comes from listener Carillion. Could we, your friends on the other end of the internet, hear how you all know each other? Maybe it's the two X chromosomes, but it bothers me that I don't have a clear mental image of the connections between all my incomparable friends. Is this a Snell-centric universe, with revolving spheres of friends and colleagues all turning around Jason? Or do some of you, like Tony and Dan, also orbit each other like Pluto and Karen? I can't explain why this matters. But it's at the front of my mind every time I listen, and I'd love to push it to the back so I can focus on the material. Thanks, and happy tricentennial. I feel like we covered some of this ground earlier in uh, part one of this episode, but to answer your question a little more completely, there's a group of incomparable panelists who are people I knew in college um, or people they knew uh, when we did the TV.org website back in the 90s to very early, I think, 2000s. We were basically done by 2000. So Steve Lutz, Greg Noss, Philip Michaels, Monty Ashley, and I all went to college together. Also Ben Boychuk, who's been on a few episodes. Uh, David Burkhardt, who was on our uh, Urban Fantasy episode. We all went to college together. Most of us worked together at the college newspaper. Um, a lot of us worked at the UCSD Guardian at UC San Diego. Um, and then some people, including Monty and Steve, worked at the Koala, which was the humor paper. Uh, Philip Michaels crossed over and did both. Uh, we all worked on uh, TV.org, more or less. Uh, Lisa joined our orbit at some point in there and uh, began writing for TV as well. 
So there's a big chunk of people who were sort of following on from the TV website. Then there are the people I know professionally that I got to know, you know, writing about Apple basically during my career. So obviously Dan Morin, John Syracuse, Scott McNulty, Glenn Fleischman all fall into that list. Andy Anatko I've known since uh, like the mid-90s, a very, very long time. That covers almost everybody I became a listener of the Two Minute Time Lord podcast, and I can't actually remember how I picked that one up, but it seemed like a good uh, concept for a podcast. And so uh, through that, um, I got to know who Chip Sutterth was, and then he turns out was somebody who was following uh, MacBreak Weekly and Twit and knew uh, Andy Anatko from that as a, just as a, a viewer and a listener. And uh, I had written him saying that I liked Two Minute Time Lord, and that ended up being this interesting crossover thing. I got to know Chip a little bit better. I spoke on a panel at a Doctor Who convention about podcasting that Erica was at, although I didn't meet her then. Uh, but uh, then since I was sort of following those circles, I cold, as, as depicted earlier, I cold called Erica basically and said, would you like to be on a podcast? And that's how Erica joined in. Oh, I didn't mention Serenity. Obviously the same thing. We hired her uh, to write for Macworld and that's how I got to know Serenity. And, you know, so many of us were working uh, at Macworld when we put this together back in 2010. Um, and then some other people, you know, Lex Friedman, likewise, somebody we uh, who wrote for Macworld. Moises Chuyan, I got to know him through a bunch of things, including his appearances on 5x5. Five Five. And uh, and Merlin Mann, the same way, somebody I, I really knew as a, a blogger and a podcaster, and then got to know. Um, and the list goes on, um, including now some listeners who've sort of converted into uh, panelists, including uh, Shannon Sutterth, who's also also knows us through chip because she's married to chip aline sims brian hamilton joe Steele, and lots of others so there's a couple commonalities going to college with me or uh being one of my colleagues in tech journalism those are the sort of two biggest pools but there are some other connections too i hope that helps uh okay here is our our super fan and scott's biggest fan listener clinton oh listener clinton who has three three random (laughs) questions how far away do you live from the nearest major city are American high schools anything like how they're portrayed in movies or on TV? <laughs> Given the seemingly never-ending stream of superhero movies coming out, is nerd still a relevant term? Those are three random questions. So how far... We're all, we all live more or less in major cities, right? Or, or <laughs> very nearby. Smack dab in the middle. Yes. Yeah, I live in a major city. And then there's David. That yeah, I'm, I'm 40 miles from Louisville. Yeah. Closest one. A hundred miles. No, he said from a major Cincinnati. major city. Yeah. Major city. Sixteenth <laughs> largest metro area in yeah, the country. Yeah. And it's mm-hmm. got some sort of claim about being extra centralized, right? Yeah. yeah. Metro area and city are very different <laughs> things, David. <laughs> right near Shelby. Don't try to slide that past us. <laughs> oh we, yeah, I'm about I'm about forty nine miles from Shelbyville. Yeah, Not good. kidding. Um, but I'm a hundred miles from Indianapolis. Yes, by the way, my favorite monkey song. um what what, what was his other uh, are high schools in america like that like on tv yes absolutely exactly 100 percent. it's all model uns and cheerleaders and vampires Uh, don't forget the vampires our principals are frequently eaten and singing lots of singing oh there's the glee club the real answer is we have no idea because we're all really freaking old and it's been a long time (laughs) since high school (laughs) ding 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 ding, i got a high schooler in my house so now i know about it again and it is exactly like on TV. There was one more question in there. Is nerd still yeah, relevant? Yeah. Oh, yeah. With all the superhero movies, is nerds even a thing anymore? You listen to this podcast and you don't know that? Yeah, there you go. Yeah. You just have nerd. to listen to the right superhero. When they're making movies. Moon Knight and Squirrel Girl movies, then nerd will be irrelevant. Until Not then, 
Yeah. These are it the mass be, market it, superheroes. Nerd will be relevant until all of us have been transformed into superheroes, at which point then the ship yeah. is sailed. Good one. Well, thank thank you to the listeners for sending in their things. And thank thanks you, to listeners. everybody out there for listening to episode 300. Woo! Oh, they said it shouldn't have been done. And they were right. right. <laughs> they may have been right. <laughs> but, you know, we we won't ever make episode 300 again. So there. We did it. We did it. it unless, we, unless we change to like a base 18 numbering system, mm. then it's inevitable. No, that would be good. Eep. 300? <laughs> what the hell? Yeah. We did 300 episodes of this thing? Hard to believe. Not what yet. is not wrong until with we, us? Uh, end this one. Yep. Oh, <laughs> we're talking. all still Ain't caught over yet. in the 300 It's episode. a Winchester mystery episode. <laughs> yeah. Amazing. Hey, Jason, should we send you your files? Yeah. Why don't you send me your files? But before you do that, let me thank everybody for being here. <laughs> nah. Oh. <laughs> Thanks, everybody. You try, no. you try to step off the train before it comes to a complete stop at the station. That's unsafe. Thanks to Monty Ashley, Scott McNulty, Erica Ensign, Dan Moore, and David Lore, Chip Sutter, Steve Lutz, Glenn Fleischman, and Andy and Ico. Yay! Yay! Thank, Thank you, Jason. Jason. Thank, Thank you, Jason. The Kermit dance. Thank you, Jason, for steering you, this ship. You heard them. You can't unhear them. No, that's it. They're out there. Right. right to the reef. Jason, how does, how does it feel to know that you're responsible for this? I take no responsibility for this. 300 times. But you know what I'm going to say, and I remind this to every, everybody out there, please remember this. This podcast is over. Recording. 